Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. You're listening to B. Mitch Finley. We talk about football, and damn, what a day of football yesterday was. Good morning, yep. Brian. What up, brother? I'm good. How you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. I um, I was at that Ravens game. You know, I, I think you got to start w- where this thing belongs. Mm-hmm. Kansas City's a champion for a reason. Yeah, they're damn good. I think when you watch the game yesterday, you can tell the team that has been there more often because they played a relatively under control game, and the Ravens did a lot of stupid stuff. Yeah, uh, they did things I didn't. They hadn't done all year, and I think when you look at the, from the beginning of that game, when Mahomes and Kelsey started to throw Justin. Uh, stuff I mean, that that first yeah when they were throwing his helmet when they were throwing his helmet away moving his stuff from by that right there got into their heads because they listen to me. I remember when I was in Philly and we would go to people's uh, stadiums and we went right to their logo and we brought the whole team up right on their logo, and it was an intimidation type factor. They went in there yesterday and they said, you know what, we're gonna go in here and bully the bullies, and I think they did that throughout the whole football game. Because you saw who getting the penalties, who were doing the stupid things. Ravens the finished Ravens. just from a sloppiness standpoint. Yeah. They finished with eight penalties for ninety-five yards and another three turnovers. And they all and all of those penalties happened at times when they were very costly to them. Sure, I mean Lamar's triple coverage int was terrible. Zay Flowers fumbling at the goal line terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was after Zay Flowers got a taunting, got a taunting penalty. penalty. Yeah. Um, the Ravens' offense was just. Bad all day. They barely ran the ball. I mean, the team that ran the ball down people's throats all year in the first half finished with their running backs only had five carries. It, for the game, their running backs finished with with six carries. They just yeah. didn't get the ball to those guys. And this wasn't like a game script thing. Like, they were down three scores and, and had to chase it. Mm-hmm. Like, you were, you, were down, you were down a score most of that game. It was... It was, you know, I mean, it didn't get to, it was, they were down 10 at halftime. It's a two score game. The whole second half, you can still run the ball. Yeah. 
they're yes, man. They, they were totally discombobulated. I think you got to credit the Chiefs a lot for it. Yeah, they didn't have success in the run game, and I think they just got away from it. Yeah, I think you you look at that game right there, and I I'm watching the the Chiefs offensive line. They were manhandling the Ravens linebackers. Sure, I think the I did opening... not expect that at all. And once you saw it, you saw the lineman getting a little chip, the little chippy. They started to chirp a little bit, and it, they were blocking them all the way through the damn whistle. The opening possessions in this game, so I, that place. I mean, credit to Ravens fans; it was electric in mm-hmm. there. When when. I got to be down on the field for the intros and stuff when Lamar came out, when Mark Andrews came out, working his way back from injury. Um, I hustled back upstairs just to be in my seat for kickoff. So I wasn't there. I wasn't on field level when Ray and Ed came out. I can only imagine what that was like. (laughs) Um, But, dude, when they came out and went three and out immediately, and then KC came out and had a 10-play, 81-yard drive, for that touchdown, what, like eight minutes or something like that. Who do you think's the best linebacker of all time? Ray and Mike Singletary. Okay, and even the best safety that would be in this situation, like Ronnie you, Lott. Ronnie Lott, sure. Nobody on earth was stopping that first touchdown. And back to shoulder throw. There's no, nobody on no. earth. Hell, the way he Kelsey- almost missed the ball <laughs> because the ball came at a point where. Either he's catching it or nobody's catching it. And sometimes it, nobody's catching it. Like, it was going to bounce or go out of bounds. Like, it was never a dangerous pass. And it shows you, like, the intuition, the intuitive way those two could play together. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a play late in the fourth quarter, or maybe it was the third quarter, where they it was a big third down where the Chiefs were trying to run the clock out. And it was almost interesting because it was clearly a choice route for Kelsey. He broke inside, Pat threw it outside, and it's like, oh, Every once in a while, they don't connect. Yeah. But that first quarter, not only back shoulder, but like low and back yeah. shoulder, nobody on earth stopping that. That pass had to, because Kyle Hamilton is covering him. Who's you put it? You put it. Who's up. all first team All Pro? Yeah, safety. you put it up anywhere, he probably will bat it down. But you had to throw that ball low and away, and he did that. I think. Listen, man, when you get to this level, it comes a lot down to the experience as well, because you saw in so, certain situations. Nothing bothered Pat, but things bothered the whole Ravens, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. And and listen, man, uh, John normally has a group that runs. They they play hard and they normally play under control. They're not. They don't do a lot of stupid stuff. Yesterday they did a lot of stupid stuff, and that 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 that, that, that kind of confused me a little bit. I didn't expect that, and, uh, and you know, I was shocked by them playing like that. Some Ravens fans really wanted to blame the refs. Eight penalties for 95 yards compared to three for 30 on the Chiefs. I get it if you want to say that was one-sided, but it, like, it's one-sided because but they you were did obvious. It. You yeah. know, you, you 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 gave a left hook to the quarterback in his face. They're calling that every time. You 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 fire off on somebody, and like you, he wasn't trying to jump offside. He was trying to knock that dude on his ass, and he did just that. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, Roquan he's so Smith. smart. That was so smart. No, you gave him 15 smart? yards in a field possession game. You you don't give Pat Mahomes four more downs? How is that smart? I, I, Zay <laughs> Flowers. makes no sense. Zay Flowers makes a couple big plays in that game, yeah. right? You absolutely taunted that dude, and it was stupid. Yeah. I, at I at do the want point, to cr- you pushed him down, then you want to flex. Dude, get back to the hu- – you, 
Your quarterback was trying to get you back into the other, speed it up. Why are you over there doing that? I saw a lot of individualism happening with the Ravens yesterday, and I, I did dude, not expect that at all. When they got to, so I think if you look at if you look at the drive chart, so three and out for Baltimore. KC goes ten plays, touchdown. Right? I mean, they got that ball deep. They they started that drive at their own fourteen. Mm-hmm. Now the Ravens responded on their next possession. It didn't seem like real kind of Ravens football. It was kind of clunky. There was a penalty in there. But then Lamar makes some magic happen. Zay Flowers, to his credit, smart enough to recognize that the safety's on the other side, throws the hand up, throw it to me deep, bang, touchdown. Mm -hmm. It didn't – it wasn't like necessarily a sustainable style to win this game, but whatever, the score's Mm -hmm. tied. Yo, next play, uh, next drive for Kansas City – 16 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Now it's 14 to 7. Then the Ravens have the fumble. But see, that's that right there. 16 plays. What you're now doing is making the defense second guess themselves. Listen, how many times does anybody go 16 plays on the Ravens? They're normally going to make a play. They're going to get to your quarterback. They're going to have a, a tackle for a loss. They're going to get their hands on the ball. They didn't. And when you have to be as a defense on the field, 16-play drive, <laughs> 70-something yards, that is – you are now – look, you want to go to the sideline and you hope your offense go give you a 16-play drive because you're tired as hell. Yeah, the Ravens didn't have a 10-play drive mm-hmm. until 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, they they didn't string anything together. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, their offense was broken. I don't yeah. think Lamar was good. I don't think the play calling was good. I think the KC front dominated. I think that whole game plan was awful offensively because you led the league in rushing. You were dominant rushing the ball. And then you come here and you decide you're not going to run the football. Doesn't make much sense to me. Totally. But they also couldn't run the ball, and so maybe they just tried to change it. But whatever happened at halftime of that halftime, I, this stat was so astounding to me. Lamar had twelve pass attempts, and their running backs had touched the ball five times. <laughs> now, it, I'm not, that's not all of their carries because Lamar scrambles and had some carries. Um, they they ran a they ran a jet with Zay Flowers. Like they, they tried some other stuff on the ground, mm-hmm. but like they call it the Gus Bus. <laughs> like it, <laughs> you need, and I think. I really think the, the the Chiefs D line and their linebackers I thought were really good Chris in that Jones, game. I'm going to say it now is the best defensive lineman in football right now. I, I think he has surpassed Aaron Donald this season anyway. He's a grown man. Big old contract year <laughs> waiting for that waiting for that big deal. He is a grown man, dog. Um I thought Kyle Hamilton played well, Roquan Smith was everywhere, but that that Ravens defense that is so celebrated just got they really got pushed around early on in this thing, and, and maybe they weren't expecting something Kansas City did. But Patrick, like Pat Mahomes, Lamar is the MVP undoubtedly, right? But I've said this before. You remember when MJ was just being MJ, and some years it was like, man, to hell with that. We're voting for somebody else. And Charles yeah. Barkley wins one, Carl Malone wins one. Those guys are great, but Mahomes, when it mattered, ten for ten in the first quarter, yeah. had one incompletion in the first half. No turnovers. If you really want to boil down a 17-10 to 10 AFC title game, Ravens turned it over three times. There you go. Chiefs zero. You lose the game right there. 
But they Mahomes got, is the dude. Mahomes. Listen, bro. I know I've seen people talk like when he was coming out of college, he was the tenth pick in the draft. Why? Because many people say he was so unconventional. Uh, he didn't do anything on schedule and this, that, and the other. Let me tell you one thing. When you find somebody special, let them do what they do. He doesn't throw it the same way. He, he can throw it every angle, you know, but he always seems to have the ball somewhere where his players can catch it. And you have to give him his credit because yesterday the dude took some hits. The one thing, I thought his legs were messed up. You saw Yo, that one play. it looked like and when he Johnny still Mo- almost when, came out of it. It looks like the, the karate kid, the original joint, when he tried <laughs> to take out his leg, I bent in. And he not only, like, got He up, almost came out of that uh, play. It was unbelievable. Because he, when he spent the round, his knee never touched the ground, and he still almost came out of it. So, it just, it, listen, man, at these moments, you cannot make mistakes. It's remarkable, too, that Harb, like, the whole second half, every drive, it seemed like every player for Baltimore was trying to score 10 points on one snap. Yeah. Like, defensively... Like, did you notice it was deep shot after deep shot yeah. after deep shot? They just weren't connecting. When you when you get home, when you're in when you're when you're in the game, they were just pressing. When you're a favorite or at home or favorite and at home, and all of a sudden that clock starts ticking down, the pressure goes onto your side. And yeah, look at it. Kansas City were the road trip, the road team, wasn't favorite, but they have guys who have all that experience. Down the stretch, they were playing like they were so calm, cool, and collected. The Ravens were playing like, oh, man, we're we going to lose this game. You know what I'm saying? And you can see it in their play. So, listen, man, experience is vital. But Harbaugh has that experience. I mean, they've had a Super Bowl run. Yeah, I understand they had a Super Bowl run, but this this team has been four and five years. Sure. This team has the people that like out this there this current batch of Ravens don't have that experience. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm talking about the players on the field, and it seemed to me that the coaches didn't act like they had the damn experience because they didn't get them under control. You watch the game, and you can see their team was not under control at all. Totally. It seemed like everybody was was pressing. Um, Van Noy. Van Noy has experience out the game. He got the penalty when he ran up and hit the head, the head bump. Dude, some things you can't do. Right in front of the ref? Yeah, it was a little ticky-tacky, but you can't do it in front of the ref. Yeah. All right, so it, you can break this Ravens thing down a million different ways. KC was just better. Yeah. They were just better. They, they were better when they needed to be. They protected the football. Mahomes, I was listening to an interview afterwards, and just the scene of everything there was so cool. I mean, the place was electric. Serious credit to those Ravens fans. Um, for like the second quarter, I actually went up to uh, my buddy's suite. Oh, Jason PA let me come hang out. At, uh, I want to say it was Dynanet was his company. You know what? I timed it. Be they had crab cakes, lasagna, uh, shrimp cocktail, and at halftime the dessert cart goes around. <laughs> so I did all right. Um, but just being in the stands because you know how the suite it's like a suite, but then it's open seats down below. Mm-hmm. I mean, that place was the fans deserve a ton of credit. They, that joint rocked. Um, and then the scene after. <laughs> well, how about this? So this happens frequently, and I'm not sure that all fans kind of understand this, but a lot of times, especially at a game of that magnitude, there's just not 
space for everybody that teams travel with? This happens in regular season games. I mean, B, how many times you generally tend to find a suite, but a lot of times like the, the, the visiting teams, front office, media relations, all those folks, everybody just ends up in the press box, just how it goes. So some of the chief's front office was sitting in front of me in the press box, and they were very cool. They kept their wits about them throughout the game. They weren't really cheering or anything. And then when Mahomes hits Valdez Scantling for that deep shot Mm -hmm. to ice the game, and what a call, what a throw. How much trust does Mahomes show in MVS, who's had big drops and big moments? Um, At that moment, it's like six dudes all suited up, wearing their chief stuff. They all just stand up, high five, and there's one who goes, let's get the bleep out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we uh, we, we, we got time free at one thirty. Is Andy coming today? We we may have him today at one thirty. Hell yeah. Listen, I want to be clear about this. Whenever Andy Reid can come on the program, we are open. (laughs) Yeah, I love the governor. Maryland Governor Wes Moore sure was enjoying himself yesterday. We all saw the videos. (laughs) But, Governor, if Andy Reid calls and we got you scheduled this week, we got to make a move. Um, I thought the scene post-game was just – that Ravens locker room was gutted. Gutted. Um, I was really impressed by Zay Flowers, a young man that he stood there. You know, he stood there and he faced it. And you yeah. know what? That's the best thing to do. Yeah. You try to run away from it, it will follow you. Oh, yeah. Chase you down. Odell Beckham gave like a really interesting press conference answer. I mean, oh, I oh, saw something his dad tweeted this morning. I'm like, dude, please. Beckham was as calm and professional as his dad was not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he talked about how much he loved it there and how these guys would get past it. That Ravens locker room is an impressive bunch of men. Um, But then the Chiefs, because they had to go out and do the trophy presentation, the Chiefs didn't get inside for like 45 minutes because they're enjoying themselves, Mm -hmm. understandably. And I don't want to say his names. I'm standing in the tunnel as guys are coming out, and this one offensive lineman is screaming at the equipment guys, where are the cigars, man? Where are the cigars? (laughs) Y'all are unprepared. And then – I, it was just Mahomes, who's done every media obligation. He's probably there's probably like four buses waiting on Pat to get there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's these three little kids with Chiefs jerseys, but not like clearly they know somebody because they're down there. But it wasn't like Lamar Hunt's grandson. Like it was just some fans. Mm-hmm. And he, he he's walking and they're just standing there looking at him. He's like, all right, come on, let's take a picture real quick, real quick. But like he made time for them in that moment. Yeah. Um. The star power, obviously, with Taylor Swift, and, and that just ramps everything up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Travis Kelsey's starting to answer the, oh, he, he doesn't have it anymore now that Taylor Swift's in his life. <laughs> doesn't appear to be a problem. Nah. Hey, uh, man, you just let them hang around long enough. You're in trouble. Kelsey went 11 for 116 with a touchdown. You know he moved past Jerry Rice for all-time yeah. playoff catches? 150-something. That's pretty remarkable, man. Hell, yeah. I mean, well, let's be real. He's in the playoffs every year. So is Jerry. And they've been to five Super Bowls. <laughs> How many did Jerry go to? Uh, Jerry, I don't know. Jerry went to what? Three? Four? I mean, Montana won three, and then Steve Young won one. So that's at least, that's at least four. Let me see how many times. Jerry now, won. one difference I was thinking is that back then, the top two seeds got buys, whereas yeah, now only one team gets a buy. That's only been the last couple of years. Yeah. And then also, back then, you had running 
going on. It's a lot of passing going on now. Sure, sure. Um, he's a three-time Super Bowl champ, mm-hmm. so maybe he wasn't there. Yeah, because he didn't get there until 85. Wasn't the Niners' first Super Bowl in, like, 84? When Ken was about to play Niners at the time. Yeah, I, I think they won one prior to him. Whatever, man. Um, a- anytime you are... I, I say this about Travis Kelsey and about a certain bald co-host of mine. Anytime you're in the same statistical category as Jerry Rice, it's pretty damn good. Mm. Uh, there was another football game last night, Landfill. Another football game that may impact Washington. We got to talk about it. Before we do, you guys got to check out our friends over at Rudy's Golf and Sports Bar in Kingstown, Alexandria. Whether you're tuning your game up or just looking for some good old-fashioned fun, Rudy's has 74-bay driving range equipped with top tracer technology that provides an unmatched experience for pros and novices alike. You want to go out and really work on your game, make sure you've got your 6 and 7 iron dialed in, work on those wedges, they got you. You want to go with Jeff and hit nothing but slices but drink beer and have fun, they got you. Plus, if you want to take the kids, they got two putt-putt courses, great draft beer selection, awesome food, Rudy's is a blast. Go with the boys. Go with your family. You'll enjoy it. Check them out, rudysgolf.com or at rudysgolf on Instagram. All right. Um, easy to identify the problems in the Chiefs-Ravens game. And then ultimately, I think you can kind of just look at it and say, Chiefs champs for a reason, man. Yeah. <laughs> they, there's a reason this is Andy Reid's fourth Super Bowl in five years. Steve Spagnolo, like, whew. Steve is, uh, he, he got it done. I, I was asked questions. People like, who do you think? I said, listen, bro, I would love to see the Ravens go. I said, but it's hard as hell to go against that other team over there because they know what they're doing. I said, if you don't get off on a fast start with them, you're in trouble. And the opposite happened. Well, mm-hmm. the opposite happened certainly in California last night. Um. They better learn something about what they're doing in the first half. You Detroit don't want to, got off to a hot-ass yeah, start. You don't start. want that to happen with I Kansas talked City. to you at halftime when I was driving over Baltimore, and you're yeah. like, man, these Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah. And then they just gave it all up. They, they did um, not make the when, – when the other team adjusted, they kept doing what they were doing before. Lions go, go up seven. Uh, Jameson Williams breaks the 42-yard run. Uh, Lions go up 14-0. David Montgomery, strong inside run at the goal line. Um, McCaffrey gets it back in it. Good little drive by the Niners. I mean, if you look at this possession chart, it opens. I mean, Detroit scores in four plays with a 42-yard run. Um, That place is buzzing. Niners get the ball. A a long drive, but not a lot of yardage. Like, they needed every every down, right? 12 Mm -hmm. plays, 45 yards, then they missed that field goal attempt. A lot of interesting field goal or non-field goal attempts last night. Mm -hmm. Um, Detroit gets the ball back, 11 plays, 62 yards, touchdown. Then McCaffrey, Niners put together a good drive, 8 for 75. McCaffrey bursts in from the two. Then it gets interesting, man. Um, Detroit has to punt. Purdy throws a pick. The the last three possessions for the Niners, pick, punt, halftime. Yeah. The, the last three possessions of the half for the Lions, punt, touchdown, field goal. So going into halftime, I, I mean, twenty-four to seven up on the Niners, you kind of got to win that game. Yeah, yeah. And then 
you have to win that game. I mean, they, listen, it, then got a little. What, what's the coach that got fired in uh, L.A. Chargers? Staley. He got a little Staley like last night. I thought he's a little too overly aggressive, dude. I thought when they they lost by three, he didn't go for two field goals. So <laughs> just think about that. Second half starts. You could feel the Niners build some momentum on that first drive. Mm-hmm. They go nine plays, 50 yards. Now, they did get stopped. They had to kick a field goal, right? But all of a sudden, you feel that momentum going because they they, they kind of – McCaffrey started going. They kicked a field goal. Campbell gets the ball back. At this point, now you're up 14. Yeah. All right. They go eight plays, 42 yards. They're at the Niners 28, and he goes for it on a fourth and three, I believe. I don't love that, but I don't hate it because you're still up two touchdowns. I understand the mindset. This is how we've gotten here. Like, all right, like I, I, I can, I can comprehend. I can comprehend it if you win the game. But dude, what I, I, I can't comprehend is the one that stands out to me particularly egregious. Is it's the fourth quarter. And you've given up back-to-back touchdowns. Like, you, you, all of a sudden, you are reeling. You've had a yeah. fumble. You've had to punt. They have scored on four straight possessions. And you're at the 30, and you go for it again. You're now down three. You kick there. You tie the score. Mm-hmm. You, you would tie the score midway through the fourth quarter when you've been doing nothing but hemorrhaging points. Yeah. I get aggression. I get that you don't want to change your your style midstream. I understand all that. But you're now trailing. <laughs> True. You're now trailing in a game you had a 17-point lead in. Unless he felt, I mean, I, I don't know what he felt. But I'm, I, like, I guess sometimes coaches think, oh, man, we got to win it now. Then again, you look at the 49ers. 49ers made adjustments offensively and defensively. In that second half. Sure. They were down 27 to 7, I think it was. Well, they, they scored 27 points in the second half. 24 7. They were, they it were was 24 7. And in the second half, the 49ers outscored them 27 to 7. Yeah. Um, clearly, you know, Detroit had some drops. I, I thought were tough. I thought, yeah, I mean, sometimes. Things just start going the other way. Like that Ayuk play, like the, yeah. the deep shot. Hard to account for that, yeah. right? Yeah. Sometimes that's just the, the universe, man. Um, that ball smacked them in the face. Obviously, the, back. The, the Jameer Gibbs fumble was huge. Um, inopportune time for that, yeah. to say the least. Um, Goff missed some stuff. But when the when the momentum totally shifts there, and you're trailing, and, and dude, for the people that are like, oh, maybe he didn't trust his kicker from 47. <laughs> if you don't trust your kicker from 47, you you shouldn't be in the NFC title game with that kicker. There you go. It's not 57. <laughs> it, it wasn't pouring rain or windy. Uh, by all accounts, the weather was okay. Yeah, I just a lot of people get a little bit too overly aggressive at this at, the, at these moments, and sometimes it comes back to bite you. And what's interesting is I thought I thought the field goal just before halftime by Campbell was the right move, right? Like, you're going to run out of time here, take the points, go up three scores into halftime. Mm-hmm. But you could argue 
of all the decisions that he had to make about when to kick and when not to kick, that that might have been the best time to go for it mm-hmm. because there was no downside. Yeah. If, if you miss that or if you don't get it, then you're giving the Niners the ball at the three just before halftime. Mm-hmm. They're just going to kneel it out or, or maybe you have to run because you can't back up. But like there was there was no counterpunch to that decision. Yeah, I think the right decision was to take the points. But if you're going to play it smart in a couple of spots, like late in the game, when they went for it on fourth down at the goal line, at that point, they still needed three and seven. They needed 10 points. You you could have saved time there and kicked at the fourth down. They converted it like mm-hmm. the 15-yard line. Like if you're really playing the numbers out, and, and I know that a lot of people get really caught up on playing the numbers out. If I mean, that timeout they burnt, when they tried the run play on third down at the goal line late in that game, if they don't use that timeout, they probably don't have to rely on an onside kick. They're able to kick deep mm-hmm. and, and then use their timeouts. It it seemed, I love Dan Campbell. This Lions team has been so much fun. But some of the decision-making just seemed inconsistent, I would say. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, clearly it bit them in the end. I I do feel for... Detroit fans and for, I don't, I mean, that's, you know, everybody's talked about Detroit can't do this. Detroit can't do that. If you could get like a read on the blood pressure or collective wellness of, of Lion fans at halftime versus the end of that game. Uh, they were ready. Halftime, they were like, we going. Here's what I want to do. Cause we had a, Interesting discussion in the text thread last night. Of of all these games, two coordinators are, are clearly the the probably the hottest candidates that are now available. And it's Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson and Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. I want to discuss both and what we saw, what we learned from those guys yesterday. I want to open the phone lines on that topic at 11 a.m. as the commanders really now I mean, I, I think they could announce a new head coach by the end of the week. Um, it, it's it's time. Now is when this thing is going by to Wednesday, get... right, Landfill? They need to have it done. Landfill says by Wednesday? Yeah. Or else? Here's what I say. The cold Washington winter weather is here. It's been cold as hell. Windy and wet. Is your home's heating system ready to go the distance? Assure your family's comfort all season long. Call my guys, the five-star heating experts at Crop Metcalf. Not only can your Crop Metcalf five-star technician properly fix and maintain your system, but has the knowledge and experience to catch potential problems before you're left out in the cold. Call 1-800-GO-CROP or visit CropMetcalf.com. And remember, Crop Metcalf is the one with five stars. Crop Metcalf, home of the five-star technician. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. So, be calling number 10 right now to 800-636-1067. Landfill said 637, J.P., 106361067 to win two tickets to the University of Maryland basketball. The DMV is home to Maryland basketball, and the Terps need you in College Park this season. Secure your seats to catch the Terps in action before it's too late. 1-800-636-1067. Call at number 10. Landfill, did you set that up? We're giving away Terps tickets now? That sounds like right up your alley. Or is that why you're giving out the wrong phone number so you can keep the tickets yourself? <laughs> That's right, yeah. I'm going to have a lot of things that I want to say, but I'm not going to say them. They they were very generous to give us tickets to give to the listeners. 
Um, maybe I'll go to that game February 6th. Phil <laughs> <laughs> is muttering many things under his breath. But for folks that have never been to a Terps basketball game, it's a lot of fun. Like, you're going to enjoy yourself. And you can you can bring kids. Like, it's easy. Um, I know we got to give away some uh, 106.7 The Fan versus Team 980 tickets, oh, too. Yeah. All right, we'll do that a little later. Um, a lot of – dude, I was pretty – maybe surprised is the wrong word because there's this, like – the the myth of, like, national versus local has become – that used to really matter and, like, syndication and everything. But in the era of the app where and then, like, podcasts where everybody can kind of just access everything all the time, mm-hmm. like, it's just less relevant. Yeah. Um, like, audience size is what matters, right? Like, you you know that – Jim Rome has a massive audience, right? Like, that's actually national. There are other shows that are on. uh, They're available from coast to coast, but it doesn't really make them matter, right? Um, I was pleasantly surprised, honestly, how many people in Baltimore yesterday said what's up and how much they love the radio program. So we appreciate all you guys. Definitely. Um, Not surprised by a, you know, this is pretty close, like, like proximity, but just we're fairly burgundy and gold heavy. And yep. if you're a big Ravens fan, you, if you have tickets to that game, you're probably a pretty big Ravens fan. Yeah. Um, but whatever. People like fun conversation, I suppose. Um, last night in the text thread, I think we had a lot going on, and I wanted to circle back to a conversation we had. Mm-hmm. Um, B asked the question, what do we think about Ben Johnson making halftime adjustments? I – Listen, they're going to get a lot of interviews done in the next couple of days. I I believe they're going to hire Ben Johnson. Could Ben Johnson go to Seattle? I suppose he could. Mm-hmm. And it, and if that happens, don't cry a river because there's a lot of other good candidates, right? Yeah. But Ben Johnson is the presumed new hey. head coach of the Commanders. I I believe that Brian. I believe you believe it. Um, that offense looked unstoppable in the first half. Yep. Are you concerned with that offense's performance in the second half? I'm. I, I didn't like their performance, but you would hope that as you move forward, you, they have to understand that teams are going to make adjustments, and when you're when you see that, you have to be able to adjust to them. I always tell you the stories about how Coach Gibbs would do stuff, and I guess that's where my mind goes all the time. He was ahead of it so much. And I think in this day and age, we hear we we put genius with everybody's name. The genius is when once they adjust to you, you have something to counter with. I didn't see that counter yesterday. If you're looking at stats, okay. Um, in the first half, Detroit was unstoppable. I mean, they really were unstoppable. In the first half, Detroit had 18 first downs. Mm-hmm. 18 first downs in 30 minutes is, is pretty damn remarkable. They finished the game with 28 first downs. Yeah. they. I'm, I'm trying to find their third down efficiency um, in the first half. It was... And defensively, they were pretty dominant. And Purdy had the pick. It, it wasn't all one-sided. I mean, they had 18 first downs. They controlled possession. They ran the hell out of the football. They had 148 yards rushing in the first half. Mm. Now, 
42 of that is the Jamison Williams run. So just look at their backs. Montgomery and Gibbs had 106 yards rushing in the first half. Mm -hmm. They finished the game with only 180 yards rushing. Yeah. So they 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 gave, they ran the ball for 40 less than 40 yards in the second half. Okay. They just got away from everything they did. In the first half, Goff had 145 yards passing. They finished with 260. At 120 in the second half. Right. It was it's a huge combination of factors. But in the text thread, you know, we were all talking about it. Landini, you have a way of of cutting through the BS. That's why you are the BS professional. You are the professor of BS. You're the chief BS officer. And Landfill's reply to B's question. B said, is Ben Johnson good at halftime adjustments? I said, fair question. I also think they should have kicked twice this half. I think if you kick those field goals, it changes the momentum and the flow Absolutely. of the game. Yeah. Landfill said simply, they got their ass kicked in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to expand on that, Landini? I mean, there's not much more to add than that. They were. I was looking at that game at halftime and said, well, I guess Lions are going to the Super Bowl for the first time ever. And uh, they just they just got uh, they just got beat the second half. It's just that simple. Jeffrey, you added in the text thread, the drop balls were major killers. Pause, and then tell me <laughs> if you think they lacked halftime adjustments. I just think they lacked execution. So I would say they lacked consistency because it's like everything was going their way in the first half. They were running it wherever they wanted to go. They were converting on third and 12 like it was nothing. Uh, and then it's just like the Monstars came and took their powers at <laughs> halftime, and they started dropping the ball. Uh, the fumble was a killer. Yeah, they, they weren't making the plays that they were making in the beginning. And when you're playing a team <clears throat> like the Niners, you got to capitalize on well, every and, drive. And, B, to your point with the Ravens versus the Chiefs, right, mm -hmm. I recognize the Niners haven't won one. But the Niners were in the NFC title game last year. They were in the Super Bowl, whatever that was, two years ago, yep. or the 2020 season. Um, they they haven't won one. There's still a, a big old monkey on Shanahan's back. Yeah. But they know what it takes to get there, and the Lions have no idea. None. And so. In history. I, Jeff, I, I think you might be dead on that this was an execution thing. And I, I think when you combine having a big lead and then perhaps getting a little tight as it, as it starts to be chipped away, you you have these execution problems. Um, I think defensively, Steve Wilkes probably deserves some credit mm -hmm. for slowing that run game way down in the second half. But here's what I want to do. I want to open the phone lines up. I want to talk about the Lions collapse. And where does Ben Johnson rank in that? Jeff, open those phones up. 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067, dare I say it, Lions second half collapse, blame pie. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's go. B. Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan. Make sure Friday night, 106.7 The Fan versus Team 980 live. Friday night, February 2nd, 8 p.m. at the Bethesda Theater. Get tickets today at BethesdaTheater.com. It's going to be a fun night. Are we announcing CK's email now? Mm-hmm. Yo, huge guest, has, guest. Huge guest has been added. John Allen, Washington Commanders, defensive tackle, pro bowler, captain. John Allen's going to be joining us on stage. If, if Funny Danny's hesitant to make fun of you, because you, you and he have a very good relationship, I bet he's not going to make fun of John Allen. He should. <laughs> uh, exciting stuff right now. Joe Theismann on the line calling in. Joe T, what's going what on, up, man? Joe? How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? Just sitting here listening to you uh, go over the games and talk about some things. And uh, you pose interesting questions. Um, of course, Dan Campbell's the one taking the brunt. That's the way it is with a coach. It's either yeah. the coach or the quarterback. Right. Uh, they right figure out that. some way to blame somebody. Well, and, you know, it, it just a, a fascinating game yesterday because – the Lions were so damn good in the first half. And then I, I think Campbell made some, um, I'll say, wrong decisions on late in that game when you're down a field goal and you can kick there and he doesn't. Um, but, uh, you know, I, we appreciate you listening, one, but what do you think went wrong for Detroit in the second half? And do we need to give more credit to the Niners maybe than we're doing? I think I think the second thing you said is so true. You need to – you know, Brock Purdy's been struggling to get respect of any kind. They talk about, well, you know, there's three number one picks in this, and then, of course, there's Mr. Irrelevant. They, we ought to stop talking about him as Mr. Irrelevant because right now he's very relevant. Um, and, he, and I think he made some plays with his legs, which really nobody really totally. looks at. But yeah. I, I, to me, you know, Dan's fallen on the sword, yes. But you, you look at the catch Ayuk makes, you, you, you don't see that happen. You don't see somebody make that kind of catch. Sure. You don't, you know, you don't see guys dropping balls. Remember everybody talked about how bad the Kansas City Chiefs were and what kind of a bad football team. Well, the last three weeks, the difference in the Kansas City Chiefs of the last three weeks and the rest of the season was the fact that they held on to the football. That's it. Right. Travis dropped them before. Everybody was dropping the ball. Patrick had a heck of a year. Nobody hold on to the football. Now all of a sudden you get a fourth down play, you drop the ball. You had an obvious scoring up, a chance to get in scoring position. You drop the ball. Then you put the ball on the ground. Fumbles happen. But the drop balls are the ones that killed it. I, I, I think of 
when people come out and say, well, this is how we got here, this is our personality, I think back to the Super Bowl between the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. Sure, 28-3. And, and, <laughs> and I listened I listen to Kyle Shanahan after that and said, this is how we got here, and we were going to do what we did. And I don't agree with that. I think every game is different. You develop a personality. That's exactly what Dan did. He develops a personality for his football team. But when you're in that situation, in that kind of a game, points are invaluable. They are, they are invaluable. It's not, it's not the sexiest decision. It's not one that gets everybody going, woo, wow, look at that. They did it again. It's smart football. And points are always important. And, and so to me, I think back to that Atlanta-New England game, and I think, you, you know, if you just knelt down, if you just took the time, if you didn't call sure. passes, yeah. things might have been different. Of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure. But I thought they were I thought they were great games. But no, you can't talk enough about that catch that Ayuk makes. No. I'm telling you. That that changed the whole game. That changed only um, penalty. Joe I mean Baltimore did everything they could to try and give it away, and they did. <laughs> right. I mean, three turnovers. three turnovers. Three turnovers are going to bury you. The Gibbs has the fumble in in the second half for Detroit. It's, you know, the Chiefs obviously have championship pedigree. I mean, they're defending champs. The Niners have been past, like, the NFC title game isn't a big deal for San Fran. They want more than that. And I think sure. some of that inexperience and, you know, just perhaps the nerves and then when the momentum. One of the big reasons I think Campbell should have kicked is just, to, to stem the, the momentum from San Fran a little bit and just ha- have his guys just look at the scoreboard, fellas. We're tied. But the fact that he's down three and doesn't kick there, I, I just found crazy. I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I found it an unusual decision. But And then the other thing is, too, Travis Kelsey did an unbelievable job of baiting the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, he got him. Guys. He got him. <laughs> and, and that's what you get. I mean, you sort of had to know it was coming from Travis. That's, he's, he's that kind of an in-your-face kind of guy. And then you get Van Noy goes up, and he does the absolute worst thing you can do when you're in a conversation with somebody. You give him a headbutt right in front of the official. <laughs> I mean, when you really think about that drive that Kansas City went on, it was a gift from Baltimore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you, Beavis knows this. You play the, we play the game with emotion. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to control your emotions to, and not hurt your football team. And, and Baltimore did some things. And I didn't agree with the roughing the, uh, you know, the unsportsmanlike conduct when the guy jumped off sides, when Rokan jumped off sides, and, and uh, you know, the guy fell backwards. And, oh, you know, that, I didn't agree with that call. It's the only really bad call I think the officials He made. fired off on him, though, Joe. <laughs> he came from about three <laughs> yards. He fired off on him. He, he wouldn't. I think he was trying to send a message because of something that happened early in the game. Well, you know, he was trying to get. I, I look at it this way. <laughs> I think he was just trying to get a jump on the snap. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. I'm um, trying to jump, make sure the back of his head and the ground get met. Be some have something in common. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We're talking with Joe Theismann here on the BetQL guest line. Um, Joe, I, I got to ask, we, we all know that this coaching search is going on and it's about to hit overdrive here in the next couple of days now that we know all these coordinators are available. Um, everybody you talk to, including us, you know, it sure looks like Ben Johnson is in the driver's seat, Lions offensive coordinator. What have you thought watching him, both as somebody that just knows football, but especially, you know, through the quarterback lens? 
I like his creativity. Um, you know, you can when when you have players, when you have that kind of speed outside, when you have multiple running backs that give you a different style, one with speed, one with power. When you have options that you know, when you have a quarterback like Jared Goff who's had a ton of experience, you can do a lot calling plays. So you know, every you, you we always get into this: is it the chicken or the egg? Is it the system or the players? It's always about the players. If I have players, I have a chance to be able to get something done. And one of the things that really gets overlooked is the offensive line of the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I thought they did a terrific job. I really believe that. And so from my perspective, um, you know, I, I think that you know, the four, five people they're going to be looking at, uh, you know, the two assistants from Baltimore and, of course, the two from Detroit and then Dan Quinn, I think they're, they're the five that they've targeted. Yep. I would think that we're going to have a head coach here sooner than later. Uh, I really believe that they want to get started on the process. They want to get things going. Um, I don't know anything. Let me qualify that because I sort of get accused of knowing too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, I mean, I'll the... put my disclaimer out, but I don't know anything. But I'm sure that they want to. They want to get the decision done. And, it's, and then again, it depends on how you interview. Yeah, I think that's common that's sense the too. Thing. They need to get it done soon. You, you want to make sure they have every advantage they have, they are need. Absolutely. You want to, you want to evaluate your, you, you got to put your staff together. I mean, there's so many things that have to be done at this point. Well, and the, the speed with which they moved getting the GM hire done, Adam Peters and Peters saying kind of repeatedly in his comment, in his press conference, yeah, we got to get the head coach done. We got to get the head coach done. Then we can make our decisions from there. I think, hell yeah, they're going to move this thing fast. And now they're oh, well, able I like, to. I like that. I, I like that. I like being able to have your GM because then all of a sudden you have somebody that he, he feels more comfortable working with someone. And that's the biggest thing is you want, you want somebody there that you can work with. Yep. Not necessarily that always agrees with you. And, there, and there's a difference. This is what people have to understand. There's a difference between having a yes man and someone that you can work with, someone that presents a perspective and says, I need these kind of football players. It's like what they did in Detroit. It's like the way they put it together. It's like what John did in Baltimore. I need these kind of players. These are the type of individuals. We've got a lot of cap space. Ownership has been wonderfully aggressive. You, I still think, I still think from a fan's perspective, if we don't take a quarterback, it will be disappointing to the commander fan. I don't know which one. I don't know who it would be. But I think this is set up for us to really, really start from a foundational standpoint. Let Sam compete for a job. That's what's going to happen anyway. Yeah. And when you're young in this business, it's not—it's a fast business. It's played by men, not boys. And so, to me, I, I think that uh, everything that I have seen that ownership has done has been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I, I mean, all the right moves, oh, yeah. right? And yeah, well, n- none of that guarantees that this works. I, I think I do honestly think we need a, a, a real conversation about. Um, that this coming year could be pretty lean. Like if you look at the rebuild in San Fran, they won ten games the first two years. Even Dan Campbell and that staff when they got to Detroit, they went three and thirteen that first year. So I, I think you got to really try to take a broad lens with this. But I, I agree with you, Joe, that the trying to build something the right way may take time, but it's incredibly valuable. And I think it starts with the number two pick and and the quarterback. Um, it, it, have, I'm sure you've watched all these guys. Not saying that you know who they're going to pick, but what do you think of Caleb, Jaden Daniels, Drake May? Kind of the, the top think, of the, the chart here. They all bring a little bit something different to the table. Jaden 
he, yes, he runs around a lot, but you know what 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 Spags did yesterday to Lamar was he forced Lamar to beat them from the pocket. He put people at the line of scrimmage. He brought pressure. He said, "If you're gonna, we're not gonna let you run, Lamar. We're gonna make you throw the football. We're gonna make you, and we'll go man to man. And if you beat our man to man coverage, then you know you win." And that's what Spags did. And Jalen is a guy that run, everybody says, well, you know, he runs around like Lamar. Lamar is an exceptional individual, exceptional athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you wanted to force him to throw the football. And I think as far as uh, May goes, uh, he's more of a standard pocket passer. I mean, is, is he Desmond Ritter? Uh, is he Zach Wilson? You know, those, he's a tall guy, that kind of a quarterback. And uh, Caleb or Kaleeb, however it's pronounced out there with Williams, um, very athletic. I've watched him play against Notre Dame on a number of occasions. Sure. We've watched him be unbelievable. Threw for 120 touchdown passes in the course of his career. Um, a little bit raw, a little bit undisciplined. But all of them are very talented, and all of them are going to take time to develop. Sure. Yep. I think, for me, one thing that stands out, and, and B, I'm curious you on this, Jaden Daniels continued to improve, improve, improve year after year until he – finally put together a masterpiece this past year. I don't know that Drake may really improved. And and I think and I think there's a lot of situations going on in Los Angeles and USC and all of it. Mm-hmm. I think that defense was so bad, you don't I think you you could almost argue that, that Caleb Williams had that all-world year last year and this year's almost stepped a, took a step back. I that improvement matters to me. Yeah, it, well, it, we've, it matters, but I think all of them, you know, they, they're going to have to improve at this level. Sure. What they did in sure. college is going to be thrown out the window once they get here, and if they can keep growing here, that'll make the difference. What I look at when I look at young guys is, number one, what's your interception to touchdown? What's your touchdown-interception ratio? Mm-hmm. Are you smart with the football in your hand, okay? Not how many yards can you run for. Are you smart? How, how, can you win? That, that, you know, are you a winner? You want somebody who's used to winning. You don't want somebody who, who's been on a 6-6 six and six or 7-16. and six team. Uh-huh. You, want, you want somebody who can win. And then what's your, what is your mental aptitude? Are you capable and able of comprehending and then taking it to the field, the things that you need to run an offense? You, you, know, you know, it's funny. You look at um, Matt LaFleur up in Green Bay, Kyle Shanahan. Look at how close they get to the clock running out. There is a ton of verbiage. I mean, it's oh, yeah. these things are – Oh, it, there's a ton of it that you have to spit out of your mouth to be able to relay it to the team. Um, and so the intellectual part of it is important. And, and I don't – you know, all these guys have been quarterbacks, and part of that has to do with, you know, you wind up being a leader on your football team. But now you're going to step into an entirely different role with a bunch of men who will challenge you. Totally. And every move you make, every throw you make, uh, the way you carry yourself when things go bad, they're all evaluated. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna get fascinating. Now that we know the Super Bowl matchup, Joe, what do you think happens? Um not Niners Chiefs, we saw it just a couple years ago. Yeah, and I uh and and you know the Chiefs managed I the Chiefs managed <clears throat> to to get it done and you know Kyle I think is one of the best play you got two of the best play callers, probably one and two in the league when it comes to calling plays, Andy and, and Kyle. Um both interesting as far as personnel goes. I think obviously this is this is sort of like Mr. Obvious. They better deal with Kelsey exactly. somehow, some way, shape, or form. <laughs> they're gonna. Have, but I think San Francisco has the linebackers to be able to do that if that's how they choose to go. Um, Patrick is going to make Patrick's. Uh, Patrick's 
He's the most fun to watch. He's the best quarterback in football. And Brock is just taking one more step and, and just continuing to do the things that he needs to do to get better. I will say this. I don't believe that the Kansas City Chiefs, other than Patrick Mahomes throwing to Travis Kelsey, I don't believe they would be in the Super Bowl had it not been for Chris Jones. Oh, yeah. I, he's I believe a that, that he, he, he's, he's a monster. For real, man. He, he disrupts the running game and the passing game. Absolutely. And, and, and he has not gotten enough credit. When he decided to sit in the stands early in the year, they didn't look like the football team they are today. They didn't look like the football team they were when he was on the field. Now he's got a couple weeks. Uh, you know, he's got the knee, but he's, I'm telling you something. That is a man's man right there. And <laughs> he's I, huge, I just, dude. I, I see this thing being, I see this thing being something that everybody's going to want to watch. It's not going to be a runaway. Nobody's running away with this thing. Um, and, you know, Patrick's going to provide the entertainment. Andy's going to provide the plays that get us all excited. And Kyle's going to be methodical and uh, is going to expect his defense to, to really hold him, hold him in the game and take advantage with the offense. And, you know, the other side of it is Christian McCaffrey. I mean, how do you deal with, how do you deal with Travis Kelsey? How do you deal with Christian McCaffrey? Hmm. Those are the two things that they'll be talking about. Um, I never thought I'd be in a place to ask Joe Theismann this question, but here we are. Joe T, what's your take on Taylor Swift? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Are you kidding me? The NFL is over the moon that Kansas For City sure. is going. For sure. Now, now comes the conspiracy theory. Everybody wanted Taylor Smith in the or Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. All that. No, hey, let them enjoy each other. She's a wonderful fan. She, I, I just, I think it's great. And people that complain about, well, you know, they always cut away to her. You're not missing any football. <laughs> no. Right, it's, they're, they're, they're going to cut away hey, something. Hey, the TV stations, they try to make sure people are eyeing the, uh, their, their product. They're gonna, every time and they get a chance, they're going to cut to them. And the NFL has tried for years to reach the demographic that she, you know, appeals to. I, hey, I, I guess I'm in that demographic, too. I really, I really like it. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's an element that really encompasses the world of entertainment, which the NFL is. But I'm, I, you know. I get a kick out of those two. It's it's something, man. It is it the attention it brings is wild. Uh, and now, see the other thing. Hey, Jay, one of the they're going to have to have uh, Jason keep his shirt on for this one, though. I think <laughs> I think I think Kels is going to have to stay dressed for this one. His brother's going to going to have to have a little talk with his brother and say, you know, you you know, you can come, but you're going to have to control yeah, yourself. You keep your Just a little on, bit though. when it comes to wardrobe. Well, and, and Vegas can still be pretty warm in February. I don't want to see that dude in the heat with his shirt off. It's one thing when it's cold. <laughs> Um, so true. Joe, so true. This was awesome. Thank you for calling in and phone line always open, sir. Anytime. I appreciate you. I appreciate I love listening to you guys. Take care. See appreciate you, Mitch. All right, Joe, Joe Theisman, man. Super Bowl winning quarterback. Absolute com- he's you know what? He's a Redskins legend. Sue me. Yeah. Joe Theisman. That was awesome. <laughs> um you can follow him on Twitter at Theisman7. I tweeted out some of his Best quotes. We're going to the phone lines now. We're going to do this. Lions collapse. Blame pie. A lot of folks calling in. We got you. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here, and I always demand excellence whether I'm on or off the field. And if your HVAC system, if system isn't cutting it, it's time for Rude. Thanks to the IRA Act, you can snag up to $2,000 in tax credits for qualifying heat pump systems. And Maryland residents, there are extra rebates on Rude equipment just for you. Personally, I have three Rude 18-seer inverter heat pumps powering my home, and it's a total game changer. So head to Rude.com, that's R-U-U-D.com, and see for yourself. Elevate your comfort this winter with Rude. 
If it ain't rude, it ain't right. Don't blow like Hootie. Mace made some bangers. Well, Jeff's locked in, putting his hat on. No idea we're talking to him. I, I know. We're talking to him. Maybe he puts his hat on to keep the oil from his head. Yeah, that's what he's doing. I told y'all this already. Didn't Mace become a preacher and then he trying to he's supposed to be coming back, right? Yeah, he, he became a preacher, but now he's he do a podcast with Cameron. Oh, all right. I've it heard is of that. what it is. What's it? That's what it's called. All right, yeah. cool. Cameron's uh, killing it on them uh podcasts, dog. We had that was very cool. Joe Tyson would call him. Good conversation there. But we had told people to call in. We're assigning a blame pie for the Lions' second-half collapse. Sh- should we choose to, we could also do blame pie for the Ravens' loss. But it wasn't the same fashion. The Ravens just kind of got beat the whole game. The Lions had a three-score lead at halftime yeah. and coughed it up. Yeah. Um, of particular interest in this scenario is... Dan Campbell? The- well, Dan Campbell, sure, but also, you know, there's a there's at least a one in five chance that I guess a two in five chance that somebody from this Lions staff ends up coaching the Commanders. I'd say it's much more than two and five, but they're interviewing offensive coordinator Ben Johnson and defense coordinator Aaron Glenn. They just choked away a three score lead in the second half. So this is of interest the to first us half, in you Washington. Were very happy if one of those guys were coming. Second half, you're going like, okay, now what happened? You want to know what really went down. So we go to the phone lines now, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. For me, this blame pie, a lot of it is on Campbell. I, I would have kicked him one of those situations. And then you got to spread it around to the whole team. I mean, the teams win, teams lose. Yeah. Let's see what Walter says. What up, Walter? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Thank you for taking my call. What's Thanks for calling, bud. Um, if I'm doing a blame pie, obviously, you know, coaches and quarterbacks get an unfair blame in this. But in this one, Dan Campbell deserves it. But if we're going specific to who we want here, Ben Johnson gets very little. I mean, you had a lot of drops, fumbles in the second half. The defense could not stop the 49ers. You put up 31 points. You you deserve to win the game from the offensive coordinator standpoint. I mean, he did his part. He put him in a position to score. Campbell didn't take the three. So if I'm blaming Ben Johnson, I would give him, what, 5%, if any. All right. Good call there, Walter. I tend to agree with you. Like, we're talking about Dan Campbell not making adjustments. The defense gave up 27 in the second half. Yeah. And there was a fluky helmet catch with Ayuk, but 27 in 30 minutes yeah, of football I, is I almost still, a minute a point. I understand he's saying none at all, but I look at football like this. You scored 27 in the first half. The way I, I told you, Hermione would always say, win the second half. You don't just score seven points in the second half and think that's good enough. Well, they could have scored 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could have. So, you know, listen, man. Everybody got a hand in it, but no, I, I don't think you've, you're pointing you're pointing at uh, Ben very much. Uh, no, but hey, that's the way they played all year. Dan has been aggressive all year. Sure. So uh let's go to Jay in Columbia. What up, Jay? Me, Mr. JP, how we doing? What's Good up, buddy? How are you? I haven't I haven't talked to y'all ever since we played the Rams. Um, but uh y'all haven't had to hear my head coach of vacancy uh thoughts. Uh, I'm not big on Ben Johnson, and I'm going to break it down to you why I'm not big on him. This is not the only time that Ben Johnson does a first-half master class, and then after that, he comes out flat. Week four against Green Bay. The score was 27-3, y'all. Guess how many points he finished with? 34. He only scored seven in the second half. Carolina. He had he, It was 28-10 to 10 at halftime. Guess how many points he finished with? I mean. Four, uh, he, he finished with 42. only scored 14. Uh, what's another game? It was 13-3 to three when they played the Atlanta Falcons. And guess how many points he finished the game with? 20. These teams, to me, 
don't have the offensive power like that. Imagine if he were to play a team. Like, you see what happened with San Fran. My point is this. I get that Ben Johnson does not catch the balls. I get that Ben Johnson is, is not the guy that turned over the balls. But here's my thing with this. The Detroit Lions defense, to me, don't scare me like that. They stopped the run pretty good, but you can throw on them. My point is this. If, if, if I don't want a head coach that plays one-half football. We don't need that in D.C. We don't. The last, in my opinion, offense coordinator we had like that, and I bring up a game when we played the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football, even when we played the Houston Texans after we played the Philadelphia Eagles with Scott Turner. Remember how we, we came out against the Texans and we scored all this? And then we didn't score nothing in the second half. I don't want no coach that get complacent and, and, and think it's okay and that, we can, and that we, can, we can just relax and chill and put the game on another side of the ball. That Detroit Lions, the reason, let me tell you, uh, B. Mitchell, J.P., why Detroit's defense gave up so much in the second half. Because they were constantly on the field, bro. Ben Johnson, to me, he gets complacent. He had times where he could have got them, um, and don't get me wrong, Dan Campbell should have kicked the three. Yes, I, I totally agree. Yes, I totally agree with that. And like I said, Ben Johnson can't do everything. He can't. But my point is this. It's been points in the season, games before prior to this, even against the, uh, the, even against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't, it's just like he, you don't know when he's going to scheme up good stuff the first half or the second half. I don't want to have to have coach. I don't want that. I want a coach. And Bobby Sloak to me, Bobby Sloak to me, with a rookie quarterback and what he did with today, Sean, I'd take him over Ben Johnson all day. Yes, I would. Yes, I would all take right, him over him all day. All right, Jay. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Jay, impassioned. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he made some decent points, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. You got a team that's going to finish top five in damn near every important offensive statistic category and a Lions team that hasn't gotten this far in the playoffs in over 30 years. Like, I, I think there's a lot to like with Ben Johnson. But if you want to highlight some specific situations, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I just, I don't look at yesterday as on him. He's part of a team that they all got to wear it. But, like, if there's one member of the coaching staff I point to the most, it, it, it's, it's not. It's the head coach. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, the, it's the guy who's making the final decision. Right. Um. Let's go. Our guy Drew is on the line. What up, Drew? Hey, guys. Happy Monday. You I, too, I feel buddy. like since we're doing the um, blame pie on Detroit, it's almost like Ben Johnson's already here getting used to being a Washington <laughs> with blame pie Monday. <laughs> That's a good point, dude. We're getting him warmed up for next the, uh, year. Yeah, he's, it's all set. Although, so I, I, now I put one, him on the front runners. One uh, big difference, Drew, is that I don't think he deserves much, if any, of the blame from yesterday. If we get to next October, it's going to be different. Yeah, I, I get it. The uh, So, I do have a blame pie for the game. I think it's 50% second-half coaching, um, you know, not going for it, and also just not running and staying balanced when you when you caught time possession would, would have been a good help. Uh, I do think it's about 25% execution. You, know, you can't drop those passes. You can't fumble. And when the ball hits you in the helmet, you should make an interception as opposed to deflecting into the other guy. But that was a, that was an awesome play. Uh, and then I would give it 25% on just the worm turning. I mean, in the first half, they were behind the chains a lot. They had a lot of long third downs that kept drives along. And those balls weren't bouncing that way. So, you know, sometimes the luck goes against you. But, uh, but anyways, guys, happy Monday. And uh, thank you, Drew. Good show. Uh, thank Andrew, you, Drew, and man. it was good to see you last week. Yeah, we appreciate you coming by. Uh, yeah, our, I enjoyed it. Great. That's Thanks. our guy, Drew Cohen, right there. Um, taking your calls, but the Super Bowl is coming, folks. People are fired up, and you know what you do with the Super Bowl? You'd be crazy if you're not betting. 
ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get 100 bucks in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for details. Realize it hurts her so much. This is a banger. It's pre- actually a pretty depressing song. Yeah. Um, but this was, when this come out, Landfill, 96-ish, 94-ish. Everybody knows this song. Jeff, I'm going to make a decision for you, pal. Don't play this in the club. <laughs> of course. Um, we're going to knock these calls out. One thing that I do think is worth pointing out, um, I, I just tweeted this out. Uh, Peter King in his Monday Football Morning in America column, I guess it's called now, says the coaching, coaching agent industry is sold that Detroit offensive coordinator Ben Johnson will get the commander's job. Peter, Peter King, King says it. Take it. <laughs> um, but the one thing. Peter King saying something might get more impact than when Schefter says something. Peter King was the one that was like, yeah, the NFL's really starting to get mad at Dan Snyder. <laughs> um, and where is he? Gone. Right. Sri Lanka. Um, the two fourth down calls going for it instead of kicking, that's on Campbell. The third down run play at the goal line when they were trying to come back late, I liked the idea, but without the execution there, having to burn that timeout was huge. This is from my boy Nico just texted me. The two fourth down decisions were horrible, but the worst coaching call was running on third down at the end of the game and having to use a timeout before fourth down. That blunder effectively ended the game. I'm not sure that that that's wrong, and that is Campbell's call. Or yeah. I'm sorry, that is Ben Johnson's call. Mm-hmm. I like it, but I think in that scenario, I thought if you were going to go for it on fourth down and you knew it, throw a ball in the end zone on third down. You know, yeah. you throw it in the zone. If they, if you incomplete, then the, the clock stops naturally. But if you catch it, it's touchdown. They lost yards on that third down play, too. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to these phone lines. Chris is in Akakeek. What up, Chris? Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we hear gotcha. you, man. Yeah. I'm just confused by this come over this Ben Johnson stuff. To me, he has a – I don't want to say everybody's so crazy about the work he's done with – um. Jared Goff, I understand Jared Goff was a castaway. I mean, I'm just doing a comparison like Eric Bannerman, who's done it longer, who actually have rings, and it seems like there's a recency bias. Uh, I understand Detroit's great and there's a story, but I don't judge anybody from one game or maybe even from one season. You see, like, so, I think you're comparing what um, Ben Johnson did with Jared Goff, who was already a Super Bowl quarterback who was the number one pick that where Eric Benley had to work with in D.C. with um, my fifth round pick and Sam Howell, it doesn't make sense to me to come to try to put them on equal level. I think, think? the enemy's success came with a freight train of an organization. And I think if the enemy, if the offense had succeeded this year, it would have changed things significantly, but it didn't. Like for me, it's about numbers. And the commander's offense this year wasn't good. They, they weren't good last year. They weren't good this year. 
I, I, I think if if those numbers had finished middle of the pack even and there was real development with Sam or or you saw something that's like, yo, we got to build on that, I think the scenario would be different. I just – I don't think there's there's much there. Did you want to – he he dropped, but I don't yeah. know if you want to respond to that. I, 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 I understand his mindset, but I'll say this as well. Like, um, my whole thought with the enemy is that we don't know what was going on behind those those doors. Agree with that. And I think that had more to do with the team not succeeding than it was just his calling. I agree. Everything went sideways. Oh, yeah. Um, let's go to Big Mike in D.C. What up, Big Mike? Hey, what's up, man? How y'all doing today? Good. Good. How, How are you doing? Uh, we're doing good. I don't think those teams actually really choked. I just think the mature team, which was the 49ers that have been there, just turned it on and said, hey, we're going to stick to our game plan, and this is what we're doing. And whatever Detroit thinks they're going to do, I don't care. We're just going to do our game. Like the Redskins were during that 10-, 12-year run, Redskins got behind many times. They just had Thiesman. They went to their game plan, and they came back, and they'd always, for some reason, win the game. And that's what San Francisco did. They said, hey, whatever they're doing, I don't care. Let's just go do our game, and we're going to come back, and we're going to win the game, and that's just about it. And the same thing with Kansas City. Kansas City's been there before, and they know what to do, and they did it. And that's just the way it is. These guys have been there, and it's going to be a heck of a Super Bowl. You're talking about two mature teams, and they're going to really beat on each other pretty good. It'll be a good game. Thanks, Big Mike. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, Interesting thing there from Big Mike. Jeff, I'll start with you. Lions are up 17 at halftime. They go on to lose. They're up 24 to 7. They go on to lose 34 to 31. Did the Lions choke? Yes, they did, and they were playing overly aggressive. They reminded me of Brandon Staley. That's who the Lions coach reminded me of last night going for it when they could have clearly just punted the ball, took the field goal, took the points, added more pressure. Landfill, did the Lions choke? Anytime you're up that big uh, going into halftime, that's a choke job. Choke City, Detroit Choke City. Brian, yes, I think I think they did because like I understand what Mike is saying, but you have to understand they were experienced and they kept doing the things that they needed to do because they understood that things will happen in the game. But the other side kept giving it back to them so quickly. Uh, when you look at that game with Detroit, they were running the ball super effectively in the first half. In the second half, they were bombs away which put the ball back in the San Francisco hands, that freight train of a team, you kept giving the experienced team the ball more often. That is a choke job. Hard to argue, man. Hard to argue. Also, hard to argue with Wizards tickets. Caller number 10 right now, 800-636-1067. You can win two tickets to the Wiz game Saturday, February 10th against the Sixers. Maybe Embiid will go for 70 again. As part of Black History Month presented by Stackwell Capital, the Wizards will be celebrating HBCU and D9 night. The first 10,000 fans in attendance will also receive a bobblehead of tennis star Francis Tiafo, a Maryland native and the second in our inaugural DMV bobblehead series. Landfill, put me down. I want a Tiafo bobblehead. 
Caller 800-636-1067. Caller 10. Win a pair of Wiz tickets right now. B. Mitchell Finley, 1067. The fan, high noon in the District of Columbia. It'd be nice if it ever stopped raining. Um, yesterday, I got to sit in the Baltimore press box with a fella that m- me and Brian, and we've all worked together a long time, Chick Hernandez. Also, he, he brought us up through the race. Chick he also, he's older than us. That's true. He is older. He also packed a phone charger that I did not, and he let me borrow that, to which I greatly appreciate. What up, Chick? Older and wiser would be the term I ah. think he's looking for. I think you're going to leave it at older. <laughs> What's up, dude? Hey, hey, hey! I had the phone charger, so who's wiser? Well, when you're talking about JP, yes, it's wiser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Chick, you and I sat there and watched that game, Ravens-Chiefs, yeah. and we were both just stunned at how they refused to run the ball. And, and KC deserves credit, but, man, it was – they just got away from the run game so early and so fast. Uh, early, I mean, I think it was in the pregame when they got away from it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it was stunning. You know, Gus Edwards, who was the second-leading rusher, to get just three touches. There was just there was just no threat of a run. And, B-Mitch, you know this, that there's no threat of a run. Well, then these guys are pinning their ears back oh, yeah. and, and creating problems for Lamar, who admittedly did not look good. And I said it during the game. I think I saw twice where he planted his feet and threw the ball, one on the touchdown and the other was an overthrow. Other than that, he had happy feet, keeping the ball too long, looking like Sam Howell a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it was it was amazing to watch. And I think Todd Munkin uh, failed when it came to play calling. Yeah, I just think when you look at a team like Kansas City, they rolled in. And they, I saw everybody send me these videos where you saw Travis Kelsey and, and uh, what's it called, uh, Mahomes Tucker. just talk, tossing Tucker stuff away. They went in yeah. there saying, you know what? You all are not used to this. This is what we do. This is like another game for them. They're in the, in the AFC Championship game every damn year. And I think once the game started, you saw that. Yeah. I mean, it, look, I said it in my piece. Experience plays a part in, in, uh, when it comes to the National Football League. Yes, you'll get some outliers where guys just absolutely flat out are, are better. But this was, as you said, a clear case of these guys. Came in. Look, Patrick Mahomes. At six straight playoff games without throwing an interception, okay, that that that's ridiculous in in this day and age. Yes, he takes care of the ball. They were so steady, um, you know, and they forced the Ravens into some some mistakes. And, and Zay Flowers, I know JP, you were there. Uh, God bless you for talking after the game. But it's those rookie mistakes, mistakes you can't make in big games that cost them. And, and if you're going to turn the ball over twice in the end zone. It's just, you're not going to win. And, no. and I think that's that's the thing about it. Like, and then Lamar know, pick was god awful. You saw too. that I mean, both you, those plays. You saw that happen, chick, with the whole damn team. It's like yeah. they went, they turn into individuals all of a sudden. They the try to score language. ten points on every play. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work like body, that. The, yeah, the body language from from Lamar from the second quarter on was, was tough to watch because he was he looked like a young kid playing and he's not a young kid. He was frustrated and he's not done well in the big games. That is the, 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 the smack against him. Um, you know, regular season, he's been very, very good and, you know, can, can be a disaster maker for a defense, but they had a good plan. And Zay Flowers, you know, great. We, we, me and JP were sitting there. Big, big catch. Momentum shift. Down to the 15-yard line. Gets up and taunts. And it's like, 
What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You just cost your team 10 yards and end up getting a field goal out of it when they should have had seven points. Yeah, totally. I Totally. And um, it's tough looking at this because Josh Allen also, Josh Allen and Lamar, and maybe we'll see what Herbert becomes, but they haven't been quite relative, relevant enough for the conversation. Sure. It feels a little bit like, and I said this earlier with B, like when MJ was MJ, Barkley was a great player, and Carl Malone was a great player. But like, I don't know this Chiefs organization. As we've got Andy Reid joining us at one thirty, yeah, it's going to be really tough for other teams to break through here. And that's listen, Brady won six, Peyton won two. You can argue who's the greatest, but it doesn't change the numbers, right? Like <laughs> Brady won six of yeah. these. Pat might win his third. Seven. Pat, you're right. Seven. Brady won seven. Right. But, like, Mahomes might win his third. I think he's 27 or 28. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when you have a guy, and, you know, we watched it in first, the first touchdown pass, I, it's, it's indefensible. You can't defend that throw and catch to Kelsey, right? Nobody on it's the planet. Impossible. I mean, you're, he was on him like freaking glue. And it still got there. A turn, whipped around, boom, caught the ball. I mean, Kelsey, 11 targets, 11 catches. When you have weapons like that, that makes you look a whole lot better. Um, But Patrick is also Patrick. And there was a calmness with him in that pocket uh, that he knew he he was going to – he made some great, great throws across the middle against that defense, which this year has not been given that up. They just – it was a game plan – and executed by Kansas City and in Baltimore, let's let's face it, inexperienced uh-huh. um, when it comes to the big game, and and a lot of times that will play out. Um, you know, that's why on the NFC side you saw an experienced quarterback in, in Brock Purdy, but there's also an inexperienced Detroit team. So um, this is I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the bowl, uh, but yeah, yeah, I feel I feel I feel bad for Baltimore. I was there all three days. You know, we don't cover them normally, but it's a really good organization. Um, top to bottom, they look you in the eye, they say hi, they talk to you, they make their guys available after tough games, all that jazz. Um, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for them, but I think when I look at the be, you go back to the beginning of this game, and even during the week, the Kansas City Chiefs talked with a calmness and a confidence, mental toughness, throughout the week, and then in that game, I saw that. And I think that's the thing about them, when you have that experienced team, you know, they're going to have a chance no matter what's going on. You know, a lot of times a team will, you know, you know, this will lose in a big game or lose in a Super Bowl, and they come right back the next year or two years later and are there and get it done because they've been through that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's unfortunate, uh, but it's also with you and you know your former coach John Harbaugh. He is going to have them ready again next year. They will have gone through this, and having not been this this particular you know roster and not been through an AFC title game. They've been through it now, um, and they will certainly uh, reach back to, the, to those memories. And, you know, Odell Beckham in the locker room yesterday was about as uh, uh, reflective as you can be and just said, you know, uh, he just he loved those guys and how much they meant to him and uh, the resurgence in, in his career. Um, and, I, and he feels like, you know, that they'll be back. And uh, there's no reason to think they won't be, although they're probably going to lose their defensive coordinator. 
um, and we'll see how that what that defense looks like. Like he probably no, need to call his dad and say, uh, "Dad, I told him I like him." What, what you, was the tweet? What are you was tweeting it, today? Was it on Twitter? I got to no, find that. Was a, that was a parody account. That was sure? somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Making sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. out there. That would have been completely <laughs> idiotic for sure. But yeah. Totally. Um. Um, you said something interesting there, and I think we all operate with this assumption, but, like, it is possible the Ravens don't come. You know what I mean? Like, th- this game is so fleeting, and that Ravens team was so good, and yeah. their defense was so good. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't always come right back like you expect. I mean, look at the Eagles, who last year sure. go to the Super Bowl. This year look absolutely like the front runner for the Super Bowl. And completely fall apart. Like, yeah, it's that's very, very true. And Dan Campbell said last night for the Lions, he told us what he tells his team. You know, we might not ever be back. He, does he believe it? No, but it's certainly the reality. But I think when you have one of those talents like Lamar, um, he's going to keep you in games and do some things like we saw this year, where you just go, "Holy crap!" Like, how do you stop that now? Hell, we saw like, it yesterday when he threw the ball yeah. to himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He said it scored. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, so no, you're absolutely right. It, it is a, as you guys well know, this is this league is it changes from year to year, and teams change their rosters and get better, and it all it all makes a difference who you have as your coordinator, and you know what the mindset is of a team. But you can tell, you know, um, when, when you watch a team. I just I just feel like they'll. I feel like they, I feel like they'll be back, whether they're in the title game or not. I feel like. They won't, you know. They, they will have learned from this, and there'll be a. There's going to be a chip, sure. on their shoulders for sure. Yeah. Uh, come next year, whether that turns into victories and, and getting to the to the to the big game, I don't know. But I know that they'll be driven. Sure. I would think that the coaches have to, that week, put an emphasis on don't do stupid stuff. Protect the they football. They beat themselves. They beat themselves yesterday. Like the you Chiefs came and did their thing, but they sure in the hell helped them. The only thing. With that, I have a. That's not a problem. But the only thing with John Harbaugh is, and you know, you you played for him, and he is a a players coach. But you know, when you're asked, what about the dumb penalties and how how, how hurtful they were, and he says, well, I I I'll have to look at it. Well, that's just BS. You know, uh-huh. say what it is. They were stupid, stupid penalties. I mean, one flag came out 20 seconds later because Travis Kelsey was smart. He kept egging, egging, egging. And got a you know an uh, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, um, and 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 the taunting was stupid. There were a couple of stupid ones. If I'm a head coach, I'm just going, yeah, we can't have that. We 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 are better than that, and we teach that, we preach that, and we didn't do that. Don't tell me, uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it because I got to look at it. You got to look at it. We all saw it. Yeah, agreed. Talking with our friend Chick Hernandez here. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Chick Sports. Uh, let's go to the left coast and talk about this Niners Lions game. Lions up twenty four seven at halftime, going to lose thirty four thirty one. Did the Lions choke? Uh, choke is uh, I, it's hard to use the word choke. I, I might I might to a single individual player say someone choked, but I can't say that a team choked. And Dan Campbell has been Dan Campbell since he was hired. He's biting kneecaps. He's going for it. You know, is it was it wiser if you to kick the field goal that may or may not have been made? You know, and they go up seventeen. Okay, that's sure, maybe, but it's hindsight, and that's our our society today. I like the way that Dan Campbell coaches. Um, did it cost him the game? 
I don't think it cost them the game. Their play cost them the game. And Kyle Shanahan and company, they're pretty darn good. And as much as folks wanted to make light of Brock Purdy coming down the stretch, that boy balled. And not only with his arm, but his legs. And I think that's that's where he's underestimated. He made some plays yesterday that he had to make and did make. Uh, and he was, a, and he's, and he was, a, he was a soul crusher. This dude swept all the conference teams um, in the playoffs. He's done that. Uh, that's pretty darn good. Sure, I, 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 it's hard. You don't want to get too caught up in the Lions gave it away because the Niners came back and took it and deserve a lot of credit. They also kind of got the bounces. I mean, that IU play, yeah, pretty yeah. outrageous. No question. Um, yeah, I think for Commanders fans, what matters most is. Ben Johnson, right? The Lions offense coordinator that, that many be- believe is, is going to be the next head coach here. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you thought of Johnson kind of all year? And, and that Lions offense has been really impressive. And and where do you think Washington's going, you know, maybe this week, maybe in the next two weeks uh, in getting this head coaching gig locked up? Here's the thing for me. Um, and it comes down to the change, the shift and the change uh, in, in this organization. I now have a trust in the organization that they are crossing their T's and they're dotting their I's and making a well-informed decision. I haven't had that in 20-plus years. Hmm. So the fact that Adam Peters was the top candidate and they did their due diligence. They didn't just talk to Adam Peters. They talked to several guys and came away thinking, okay, this guy's on the same page. We can work with him. He's got a resume, and we've seen, we've seen what he's done. Same thing with Ben Johnson. I mean, he has been that guy and helped this Lions organization reach a spot they haven't reached in 32 freaking years, <laughs> right? So – this is an offense that was very, very good, and I'm not going to go with recency bias and go, well, they lost the, the NFC title game. And Boy, Kyle Shanahan and those guys really had their number. No, they, they showed up and made mistakes. Um, uh, that's one game. He got them there. He helped get them there. So I fully expect, unless someone, and I'm not privy to the interviews, I'd love to know how that interview process goes, by the way. Um, the one, um, the one thing that stands out to me, and you mentioned Peters. They interviewed a number of candidates at GM, but yeah. Peters was the last one, and it was in the evening. If understand, <laughs> and, and they're waiting. And what? And what's the schedule this week? I believe Johnson is scheduled to be the last interview. Mm-hmm. Now it yes, depends sir. if there's a Wednesday interview, but um, right. And you never know. Logistics get involved. It could be snowing somewhere, and planes get diverted. Who knows? But this one feels I, I read this to to be earlier that Peter King, who doesn't Peter King is not a hot taker. He's probably the opposite. Peter King in his morning column wrote, the coaching slash coaching agent industry is sold that Detroit offensive coordinator Ben Johnson will get the commander's job. Um right. I think it's exciting, man. I, I think when you talk to uh, I, I retweeted this Brian Baldinger video on that big Jamison Williams touchdown run in the first quarter there how how he won they always are pulling penny sewell which is kind of interesting slash awesome with a tackle but they sent him one way so it looked like a counter but they ran 
a backup tight end in motion, so it looked like everything was going that way. Then when they handed the ball to Williams on the backside, that backup tight end that was out in motion goes downhill the opposite direction, and it's a lead blocker, but defensively you never really saw that coming. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff is exciting. Yeah, he's excited. Yeah. No, there's no question. And 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 the same thing really for, for Mike McDonald from the people I've talked to is that Ben Johnson, when explaining the concepts, when it comes to talking to the players, he, he tells them in a way that they can they don't look confused. There's no confusion. It's like, oh, okay. They they completely are in on the concept of what they're trying to do. And and I go back to you, us three and and every listener can can debate on who's the top candidate and, and blah blah blah. Uh, I know for a fact that ownership and and Adam Peters aren't listening to us on social media mm-hmm. and going, oh, okay, well that's a good point. They're doing everything they possibly can. You know, that's what Josh Harris has done when he brought in Myers and and Spielman. Is he's a listener. He's listening to what the experts. I use air quotes are telling him and it's going to be a well-informed decision about who they choose. And that's for me, a guy who covers his team, a guy who grew up in this area, that is a breath of fresh air that we have not had in an awfully long time. And so that's where the excitement comes from. And you, you want to, you know, I said it, I said it this week and, you know, I sat in, you and I sat in the press box. It was fun to cover a winner yesterday. Yeah. That was cool. Right. Yeah. And, and, and there's one guy, who I feel really bad for, and that's Morgan Moses, even though I'm happy for him sure. that he was on that Ravens team. But you and I both talked to him. I talked to him all week long. I mean, he literally was talking to somebody else in the locker room, saw me, and was like, holy crap, chick. Like, what are you doing here, right? I feel so – I feel good and bad because I know that he's worked so hard. He still lives in Virginia and drives by the bubble. I know. Right? Yeah, that's crazy. True. As he, told, as he told me, I see that two-stained bubble, that double-stained bubble, and wonder why they haven't cleaned it yet. But I laugh as I go to the castle at Owens Mills, right? <laughs> um, right? So, uh, you know, those the, the personal stories, all of that. But, you know, back to the commanders, I, I'm, I'm, fully, uh, I'm, I'm fully in on them making the right decision and being excited about a head coach that will uh, be forthright with us, tell us the truth uh, as much as you can hey, without giving away game plan. Yeah, be professional yeah. with yeah. the team, not manage. Yeah. Um. Hey, what time? What time did you get out of there? There were some characters in that parking lot when I was walking to my truck, and I had to walk yeah, a, a decent was, amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have spent the night in the pokey. That's why I was a little late to the phone call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think had the Ravens won, there would have been so many people still just partying at their cars that you could get out late. But when the Ravens yeah. lose, and it's kind of dark and rainy and cold. And you have to walk under all these bridges. See some stuff yeah. in Baltimore, man. The yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, yeah, that's a it's a it's a quick exit, um, you know. And uh, I, again, it's it's and you know we've we've covered this game. Beamish played in the game. The, the the finality of it all is is tough. And even though I don't cover the Ravens on a regular basis, walking out of there, I just I felt for the fan base for sure. Because I mean, boy, totally. going into the game. Going into that game and walking that long walk from the parking lot to the to the to the stadium, I mean, I haven't seen fervor like that in a long, long time. Sure, it was it was awesome. It was all there for the taking, and they didn't take it. Chick, thank you for the time, Brad. It was fun hanging out yesterday. Yes, sir. All right, boys. Thank you. Be cool, old man. All right.
That's Chick Hernandez. You can follow him at Mr. Chick Sports on, on X, better known as Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I want to get into kind of the update, everything uh, going on, all the interviews the commanders are about to break down. We got that next. Before we go, I got to tell you about my guys over at Paul Henry's Window Installation. Um, we don't even really do ad reads for these folks because we just honestly talk about how much work they've done at our homes and how they've changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to name the name, but I paid a lot of money for a fancy television that isn't working that hangs over our fireplace in the living room. And in previous winters, we'd be cooked. My wife would be furious because there's nowhere else to go. But Paul Henry changed my house because he redid my porch into a year-round room. Mm-hmm. And so my wife and I were able to watch the game there last night. Paul Henry will save your marriage. Call Paul this month to receive 100 bucks off each window with a five-window minimum and up to $500 off each door. Well, that's a tough act to follow. I mean, <laughs> I ain't not going to go that far, but he can damn sure make your house feel good. When those windows come in, it stop all the draft from coming in. If it's only you want it to be warm, it's going to be warm. If you want it to be cold or cool in the house, it's going to be cool. Paul windows also make your house look good. You know, Like I said, when you walk through a person, you look into their eyes. The windows are the eyes of your home. If you have bad windows, your house is ugly. If your windows are good, they look great. So you can reach out to Paul right now and receive $100 off each window with the five-window minimum and up to $500 off each door. Contact Paul Henry's Window Installation today and tell him B. Mitch and Finley sent you. PaulHenry'sWindows.com, your clear home improvement choice. <clears throat> I'd like an investigation. I've, it's taken me a minute. I have noticed a trend in the songs, Landfill. That's at least two in a row. I don't remember what was before. Sunglasses related. Now, is there a is there a theme I'm unaware of? Uh, yeah, the theme that you're unaware of is that all of these band the songs were by artists whose names start low in the alphabet. So I'm working backwards alphabetically. It's kind of funny that back to back sunglass songs. I mean, I guess it happens. All right, all right. Um, now, as I will work further on my sunglasses investigation. The commanders are working further on Their getting the head coach locked up. I think um, the pace with which they got the GM position locked up showed you how they want to operate, rapid but thorough. Mm-hmm. The head coaching situation wasn't as – you can't move as fast, one, because guys are still coaching. Yeah, still working. Two, there's, there's, there's more stringent requirements and stuff. Um I feel like I can read it, but I I think Tom Pelissero on NFL Network this morning gave a very good explanation of the commander's coaching search right now. Mm -hmm. Two head coaching vacancies left, one in Seattle and one with the Washington Commanders. And Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, as well as Ravens defense coordinator Mike McDonald, are central figures in each one of those searches. So here's what we've got left. And granted, some of these things are tentative because those guys' seasons just ended yesterday. The Seahawks are scheduled to interview Ben Johnson later today in Detroit. Then they are set to interview Mike McDonald on Tuesday morning with the Ravens. For the Commanders, they've got Ravens associate head coach and defensive line coach Anthony Weaver this afternoon, Mike McDonald tonight, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn on Tuesday morning, They have, later in the day, Ben Johnson in Detroit, where they're also scheduled to interview defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. 
That might be it for head coaching interviews in this cycle. All those guys are now eligible to be hired immediately here. So a good chance that these searches are wrapped up by the end of the week, perhaps even in the next 48 hours here. Okay, so I think the time on all this matters. And and let's point out a possibility. I don't know that it's likely, but it's worth pointing out a possibility here. It's possible, and I, I maybe if our Seahawks insider is, is still around, I don't know Seattle's situation as far as if they have any Rooney Rule requirements remaining or what. Um, it's possible Seattle could just put an offer on the table that Ben Johns is like, man, I got to take that, mm-hmm. right? And, and that they never get their that Washington never gets their opportunity. I don't think that will happen, but it's possible. Outside of that, I think the timing of everything matters. Peters was the last guy to come in, I believe, when they were conducting the GM search. If you remember, we talked about it. We kind of joked about it because they had a night meeting with him. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like the commanders are meeting with a couple guys today, Dan Quinn, and then Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, if I am, if I'm Josh Harris, if I'm Mitch Rails, <clears throat> if I'm Bob Myers, if I'm Adam Peters, right? Reputation matters in this business. Reputation mm-hmm. matters in all businesses. Um, honestly, there's a what we all hope is there's a newfound way in how this organization wants to do business. And the best way to do business is if you have all these interviews set up, whether you have a leader for the job or not, you go through all these interviews honestly and and give everybody an opportunity to wow you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if in that prism, having Johnson's interview last makes sense. Because if, if you interview Johnson first, but you still have to do all these other perfunctory measures, or just because you've already requested them? Are you really giving these other dudes a fair shot? I think we have to, because if you do him last, are you really giving them a fair shot? If the mindset is that he's coming anyway, does anybody get a fair shot other than the person that you wanted? So first and last, I don't think it make that big of a difference, but if you really are doing the interviews because you want to interview everybody and see how they wow you or they what they give you. It doesn't make a difference where he's at. Front, first, last, in the middle. Doesn't make a difference. Um, I think there's a fair amount of fans that are freaked out he's interviewing with the Seahawks first. I I understand that and it's it's possible. You know what I mean? Like I why well, I get freaked out over that. He has to make sure that he also knows what's what and where he wants to go. Of all of us that are sitting here concerned about it, I think it's more important that he decides, look, I'm going to talk to more than one team. I'm not just going to one team and sign with them. So he has to do that. Sure. I think I think we're probably, like, too invested, for, for lack of a better word. Like, I think the fan base has been – it's interesting. There does seem to be this dichotomy. Jeffrey, tell me if you've noticed this. It, it seems like online, 
there is an overwhelming amount of desire for Ben Johnson. And then when we do the calls, and maybe it's just callers or whatever, it seems far more split. Um, I've seen it split with Mike McDonald and Ben Johnson, even online. And it also can be like what we normally have people that are going to comment based off of how we discuss things. I just like to go look at other people's stuff that I know, put it out there and find out. I think there are people wanting both people. I haven't seen an overwhelming uh, push for Ben over anybody else. I feel like I've seen more Ben. Jeff, what have you seen as somebody in the in the dark web of Commander's Twitter, Commander's social media? Oh, yeah. People are definitely pulling for Ben. But like B said, it's an equal pull for Mike. And Is a it? lot of... It was I feel a lot like of, there's a lot of people still clamoring for the enemy. Yeah, I, I mean I, we get the calls. Saying, I see that a lot too. So I don't think they're right, but we get the calls. Like, like, I, I, I see don't want to ignore from that. All types of people, but the whole thing is that's why my mindset has been: they're interviewing, they're gonna figure it out, and they'll let us know who they're gonna go with. Because I don't think I'm I'm not one that like to ride daily on what what's swaying this way or that way, because. We we have made our minds up on all these different mindsets. What's going? They haven't interviewed the people yet, <laughs> so how, how do we know? And then you start wondering where is the is it certain people who's presenting things to want you to go with their mindset or what? When they sign him, he'll be in here, and I think they'll have a good one. Like Chick said earlier, I have a trust in the people that are making the decisions now. Before I didn't have a trust. Now. When you see somebody doing it the proper way, they're going about things the right way. All you do is sit back and let it happen. Sure. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's an interesting time for all of it. And, you know, it's not like college football where the NIL portal opens or something. You want it to get done, obviously, but there's not tremendous urgency Outside of you want to start building your program, building, all right, now we've looked at all these evaluations. Then you want to build your coaching staff. Like, mm-hmm. there, there is a lot of work to do and not a tremendous amount of time to do it. Like ultimately, for me, Jay, it's, it's the combine is coming up. Raph will be coming shortly. I would, what I want is Senior Bowls this week. get somebody signed and let them go so they can have the same level of advantage that everybody on the other teams are going to be having. You know, and I understand you're sending scouts, but there are some coaches who like to be a part of the whole deal. Dude, I, I that's mean, what I'm looking at. Senior Bowl is this week. Yeah. Like, th- those kids are getting Don't the mobile. Don't be surprised if they have a coach by Wednesday night, and then they'll be flying down there Thursday. They get, I, there are multiple jets to use. I texted CK yesterday and Heather at, at NBC4. I think we should be ready for a press conference this week. Yeah, I, I can, I can, uh, I can go with that. They move fast with Peters. <laughs> and good news, landfill. I got no jury duty scheduled this week. That you know of. That I know of. One o'clock, Barry's for Luga. One thirty. Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid joins the program. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Listen, I love getting around all the different fans from all the different teams 
We're watching two that made it there, but we still pull for our team because we all hope to see our team in the playoffs. The Super Bowl, the, the, the commercials are great. Game is the game is always good. Food is spectacular, but guess what? The drinks are even better. Listen, I'm looking at bets right now, and I think I'm gonna be leaning toward the quarterback bets. Pat Mahomes and Brock Purdy. I think I'll be doing a lot of things with that veteran because you know what he's all about. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or even maybe three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Brian. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. B. Mitch Finley, 1067 The Fan. Time now. Get to the BetQL guest line. Talk to our friend, Mr. Barry Sverluga from the Washington Post. He wrote a column following yesterday's Ravens-Chiefs game. What up, Barry? How you doing, dude? Great, man. Hope you guys are doing well. We are. We're trying, brother. I want to start with something very simple. Where were you sitting in the press box? Because I saw Nikki and I saw Maskey. Were you just past them? I was just uh... – Two seats down from Maskey with Kilgore in between, um, okay. and I saw your name on a seating chart at, when I was like leaving. I don't even know why I was looking at it. it. Was like, where the heck has JP been? I didn't even know he was up here. Yeah, they had he us was in, like, in a suite somewhere. <laughs> they had us in like the back, and I went to a suite for a quarter just to like be able to watch a little easier. Be a um, big wig. No, but then it 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 uh. Some of the NFL network people had to go down, so then I got a chair, blah, blah, blah. All right, I knew you were there. I just didn't see you. Um, what did you make of that game yesterday? I was stunned, I'll be honest. I mean, I did the Ravens the week before, and I really felt like both in talent and temperament, um, it felt like their time. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamar played at such a high level, particularly in the second half against Houston. They ran for 229 yards. Um, the defense has playmakers all over the place. Kyle Hamilton's a star. Roquan Smith is like an emotional leader. I just thought like it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, but if you broke down the game beforehand, it felt like the only advantage the Chiefs had really was the presence of of Mahomes, and and I just whiffed on that um, analysis. I think that the Ravens really got away from stuff that they do so well in a, in a way that hurt them. Lamar obviously didn't play as well as he had through the regular season, but they had run the ball. I mean, they led the league in rushing yards and rushing attempts. They had never in a game had fewer than 24 rushing attempts. Yesterday, they, yesterday they went with 16 and I, I would guess a half a dozen of those were, Lamar uh, having dropped back, being forced to to run. So I know they didn't have the ball as long as the Chiefs. I know they didn't run as many snaps, but I feel like in a in a game that was, you know, seventeen to seven or seventeen to ten, you didn't have to drop back and try to come back with big chunk plays, um, throwing the ball. 
they could have stuck with what got them there, and I think they abandoned it a little bit too quickly. I, I was yeah, really did. surprised that that was the result. You said that, I mean, like their, I guess, mental makeup was had exuded and shown to you before. Yesterday, did, have you ever seen a team like that? Defensively, I think they fell apart, and also Zay Flowers. They they melted down, Brian. I mean, I mean, the, I led my column, the top of the column, with you know, here's they're down seventeen to ten. Uh, in the fourth quarter, somehow have, have managed to make this a one-possession game after um, the Mahomes and, and um, Kelsey shredded them on the first two possessions and, and went on long drives. They did a great job defensively after that, but they, they've got to make one stop against the Kansas City Chiefs to try to get the ball back to Lamar and somehow tie it up, and they send 12 men out on the field and, and yeah. get a penalty, and on the very next play, um, Rokran Smith overdoes it on trying to draw a fe- penalty and eliminate a first and five play and gets a personal foul. I mean, they had, I think, at least three or three personal flou- fouls. The, the Zay Flowers taunting penalty after their biggest gain um, of the day was damaging. And, you know, you can't say that without that penalty they would have scored a touchdown, but that was on the same drive that Flowers fumbled into the end zone. Mm-hmm. You know, what if they had had – then at the 15 rather than the 25, might they have scored earlier? I mean, who who knows? But for a team that I think everybody would say is is well coached from the head coach on down, um, they they kind of collapsed uh, on themselves in a way that I found really surprising. I agree. Um, they didn't look right from the beginning. I mean, even that they go three and out, Chiefs are able to just march down the field. The Ravens respond, but it was kind of herky-jerky, and they hit the one big play that was a little bit fluky with Lamar running around for – you know what I mean? Like, it just – it didn't it didn't feel like they were ever in control of the game, and I think Baltimore is a team that's built to play from being in control. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I – well, I just add, too, that I don't – I mean, I, yes, I wrote that the Ravens beat themselves, but I think what we're also seeing with the Chiefs is – this version being um, built differently than the previous versions that have been to the Super Bowl. We know, you know, there's no Tyreek and, and all of that, and we can question what the, the weapons that um, Mahomes has outside of Kelsey. He really only has a, three guys he can throw to with a lot of confidence, and, and one of them is coming out of the backfield. Um, I, I think the defense is good. I mean, they Very play – tight coverage in the secondary they're not afraid to get up on you and make it difficult for you to get off the off the line of scrimmage they've obviously got a force in the middle in in jones um and i i think they're stingy you know that team's always going to be um it's always going to be defined by mahomes in the way that the patriots were always defined by brady but those patriots teams won super bowls both high scoring back and forth tights and you know the last one they won um over the rams was you know they, they kept the rams out of the end zone if i'm not mistaken so i i think you might be seeing a, an atypical chiefs um super bowl team that is um stingier than we want to acknowledge on mm-hmm. defense what you hey, make it's special man we're watching this clip right now of patrick mahomes throwing away justin tucker's um kicking stand like what you make of just that little pregame stuff that seemed like, I mean, Baltimore was just off kilter all day. 
Yeah, and I don't know. You know, Tucker is kind of an outsized personality as a kicker because he's sure. so good and, right. and he's the one remaining um, member of the last Super Bowl team there. Um, I, I, I do think as petty as that seemed, um, it kind of set a tone of, of – um, the Chiefs aren't here to be pushed around. They're 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 mm-hmm. here to do the pushing around. There was a little bit of an edge in the game overall of maybe not outright chippiness, but um, kind of a uh, maybe a, a feeling from the Kansas City side that like, look, you you got to dethrone to to become the champs. You got to dethrone the champs, and we're still the champs right now. There was mm-hmm. a little edge to them. I felt like like we're not going to take any of this. You guys are still maybe you're the one seeds, and maybe we had to play two. Um, road games in the playoffs and we're not accustomed to that, but like we're still the Chiefs, man, and mm-hmm. I'm still Travis Kelsey and I'm still Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I saw it exactly as that. It was, it was a necessary a sense of, you know, we understand how tough you are, but you know what? We're not no pushovers. I think that's oh, right, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here's here's the thing you take into the offseason now for the Ravens. It's like, it's one of those things where and Roquan Smith said it afterwards, like, um, you know how much goes into getting to that position uh, that they were in as the one seed hosting an AFC championship game, the first conference championship game in Baltimore since 1971. Like it's not guaranteed that all of that falls into place next year, particularly in terms of health. Um, Smith said, you know, this is his sixth year in the league. He'd never been in that um, situation before. He said he's talking to Javadian Jadavian Clowney, 10th year in the league, 15. He'd never been in that. You just don't know when you're going to get back. And Mm -hmm. now they've kind of set up a situation where the only successful season is to get back there and win it because of um, the opportunity that was squandered yesterday. It's a tough, I mean, we got eight months to get to before you start playing games that, that count again. That's a long time to chew on everything that went wrong in that game. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Um, turning the page, I guess. Turning the looking at the Niners, Lions. I, I mean, I don't think anybody's been tested like the Chiefs, having to go to Buffalo and then to Baltimore. Um, whereas the Niners haven't looked great in the first half of either of their game. Um, obviously, the impressive comeback yesterday. What do you make of the second half of what happened in Santa Clara? Well, I mean, I think I'm in the tank for Kyle Shanahan um, just being the best modern coach right now. It's, and obviously I was working during the first half of the game and, and um, started in the car on the radio on the way back. So I didn't, I didn't see until um, there was about 10 minutes left in the, in the game. But, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, it's 24-7. Kind of weird that the Lions didn't, in, in Dan Campbell's world, didn't go for the jugular instead of kicking a field goal, trying to go up 28 and seven um, before the half. That was a little bit strange, but I also felt like, you know, given that Debo was playing and given that Kyle knows how um, to orchestrate things, I I just didn't feel like at halftime you had heard the last of of the Niners. There's just so many weapons and they're deployed in, in such um, clever fashion, um, and and talk about abandoning the run. Like Kyle didn't, you know, Shanahan didn't just sit there and call forty pass plays in the, in the second half. Like they stuck with what 
they did. The key play, I think, is the fumble, right? I mean, that's that's where yeah. the Lions really allowed mm-hmm. um, allowed momentum to to swing. So if Gibbs doesn't fumble there, and they could like go down and get a field goal, maybe things swing differently. And then you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about Campbell's decisions to go for it um, on fourth down, and I am normally in the camp, the kind of modern progressive analytics-based camp that says you should go for it more often than, than people do. But when it was 24 to 10 and it's fourth and two, I'm sitting there in the car thinking, I think, Dan, this is one of those times where you just say three scores is greater than two scores. Let's get a score on the board mm-hmm. and, and, and see if we can extend this a little bit. I, I I'm sure it's like very cliche to question those um, decisions today, but I, I don't think there's any any. Uh, I, I can't avoid questioning them because they were pretty huge. But yeah, as good as, as good as Kyle has been, though, they've fallen behind in both of the games in the playoffs. They fall behind to Kansas City. They're not going to get all those gifts that they got from Detroit or Green Bay. And you're not going to get a ball that like. Bounces off Ayuk and then a defender and then right, back into right. Ayuk's hand. Like you can't. Like you're you're not going to get the David Tyree Ty play or whatever uh, all the time. That's totally true. And I think, you know, I think you're right, Brian, in that we've spent a lot of the year saying what's wrong with the Chiefs, and and I think you know there was a good reason when they're dropping passes all over the place and and Mahomes' numbers are down. Like I get why that was happening, but. I think there should be some appreciation over the next two weeks of, of one, how they held it together and, and persevered without maybe their typical best stuff, but also for allowing a season to develop that um, what you are in September and October isn't necessarily what you are in, in December and January. Um, and I think, you know, I, I see you guys are going to have Andy Reid on, in a little while, like I think the appreciation for that guy just has to grow and grow and grow. I mean, he is, he faced a very good coaching staff yesterday. Um, he, I would say out coached them. He and the chiefs and his staff out coached them. Um, he understands the flow of a season. He understands the flow of a game. And I think to your point, Brian, if, if the Niners lay an egg, um, in the first half of the Super Bowl against this group, uh, Andy Reid will be at the controls of that thing in the second half in a way that Dan Campbell wasn't. And he will, I would say, you would trust him to push the right levers and, and uh, you know, and the right buttons to, to hold on to that lead and to not allow what happened um, to the Lions happen to the Chiefs. He, he's a master at this point. He solidified his spot in the Hall of Fame over the last couple of years with these championships. But if they were to pull off another one, um, you're, you're talking about he, he's up there in the, in the handful of all-time greats. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. We got to get out on time for Andy Reid. You still think it's Ben Johnson? I do, if I'm guessing. But let, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, we have somebody in place. I hope so. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate Hi, your Thank time, you, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. It's our friend Barry Sverluga from the Washington Post. You can follow him at Barry Sverluga, S-V-R-L-U-G-A. Look at me, Landini, getting out early just in case Andy Reid calls early and we are in good position. When we come back, 
multi-Super Bowl winning head coach Andy Reid joins the program. In just moments, we're going to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, B. Mitch's old coach with the Philadelphia Eagles. Usually calls in once or twice a year, and there's no easier time for a coach to call in than the bye week before he gets ready for the Super Bowl. I imagine even a fellow like Andy Reid, notorious worker, allows himself a moment or two of reflection. Andy will be calling in in any second. Something going on on Commander's Twitter that's making a whole lot of heads turn. Listen to this. Adam Schefter speaking. Never mind. Andy's calling in. We'll play that at 45. Um, We're going to play the Schefter thing for you after we get to talk to the Chiefs head coach. Heading to another Super Bowl, Mr. Andy Reid. It's like going to a regular game, huh, Coach? <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. How are you? I'm doing, you doing well, man. Happy for you. Good. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. What is what has happened with me? Your, your team started off a little bit. Uh, didn't look like the typical Chiefs offense, but this defense started to play and then got in the playoffs and it seemed like it's just the old band is back together again. Yeah, you know what? Um, the, the defense has played very well. Um, those young kids that we had the last couple of years have grown up and uh, just doing a nice job. Spags has done a nice job with the coordinating the defense and the players have done great offensively. We're now, we now have the young guys. And so uh, the young guys are uh, getting better every week. Um, and, you know, good things have, good things have happened. I, I, you know what I think Brian is, I think that that game against Las Vegas, uh, it was at our place, the second game, um, they kicked our tail and it was a bit of a wake-up call for our guys, and mm-hmm. that uh, you know, I felt like we just picked up the intensity after that level. Um, Andy, thank you so much for for calling in and, and always making time for us. Sincerely appreciate it. Um, I, I was in Baltimore yesterday for that game and got to speak with some of your players afterwards, some of the Ravens players. D- does this year, as far as your Chiefs run? mean something more, perhaps just something different that you've had to go. I mean, two of the most imposing venues outside of Arrowhead, obviously, going to Buffalo, going to Baltimore and and winning both these games on the road to go to another Super Bowl. Yeah, well, it's been it's been a new experience that way uh, for all of us. And a little bit surreal yesterday. I mean, you you were there, you you know, I mean, it was um, you didn't have the full stadium full of your fans. It was we had a few fans, the ones that could get tickets to it. They stayed, um, but it was a lot of purple around there, just uh, mm-hmm. with the empty seats and that. And uh, but what it did was it really allowed you to focus on the guys that that your football team and the people that uh, you know that really worked their tail off to get us in that position. The organization, right there, everybody together, and in um, kind of a foreign territory and. Uh, I, I thought it was uh, just uh, kind of summed up the last couple of weeks. Uh, Buffalo is a tough place to play. Great football venue, great for the NFL, uh, but it's uh, you know it's a tough place to play. And then, uh, but it brings you together. And then you go into Baltimore. It's the same thing. It's a great city. I mean, great city, great football city, and tradition and everything. And uh, but um, tough place to play. And so to be able to pull that out. Um, 
I think it just brings you together even a little bit more as a football team. And, Coach, you keep playing against guys that were on your coaching staff. I talk so much about the coaching staff 2000, 2001, 2002, and all the guys that are coaching now. I just read something earlier today. You're 6-0 and against your former – the guys that were on your staff, the sensei teaching the young pups. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you, the uh, I'm proud of all those guys. I mean, they that was a tough thing. I mean, Harbs is one of my favorite guys, and I know how what kind of season he's had, great season, and – and all of that, and I, I told somebody, I said, it's like fighting your brother. You know, for <laughs> that ever five minutes, you're you're going to battle like crazy. It's do or die. Um, uh, but afterwards, you love him up. So, I mean, um, he, he's he got a heck of a football team. That quarterback is unbelievable. So, they, he's always going to be right there and a, um, a real challenge. But they, they did a great job. His whole staff, him, have done a great job. And, and Sean, the same way in Buffalo. It's mm-hmm. so hard to win in this league. You know that. I mean, yeah. it's so hard to win. But to have a couple of your guys that are just kicking butt and good programs, I mean, that's uh, – I'm just – I'm really happy for them. What, what was it like this year for you kind of – you know, a, a lot of things changed throughout the course of the season, and, and your defense just emerged as, as arguably the best in the NFL, and you had so many young guys, to your point earlier, making plays all over the field. Um how much do you enjoy getting to watch your players build into something that appears to be peaking at the most important time of the year? Yeah, well, you've got to see it. I mean, you've gotten to see the whole thing develop uh, over the last couple of years. So, um, and Spags has done Spags and his coaches, uh, you know, David, Joe, Donald. I mean, all uh, Brendan. These guys have uh, um, they, they've done just a great job of taking. Uh, these young guys and, and teaching them. Flagel's another big part of that. Got a ton of experience. So these guys have done just a, a great job of bringing everybody together and teaching. Uh, and it's so important. And then the players, uh, Chris Joneses, kind of took it from there and just said, I mean, here we go, man. We have an opportunity. Let's kick it up a notch and, and go. So it, it, that part's been fun to watch. Chris Jones is a bad, bad dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What are the logistics like this week? I, I mean, are you already crushing Niners film, and and did that start last night? You give yourself a day or so to enjoy this with the extra week off. Just kind of, what's the process? Yeah, when I, we jumped right on it, so started on the plane, and it's been going. We're well into the 49ers right now. I mean, it's uh, you, there's no time to waste really. Um, you don't <laughs> you don't sit back on this thing. You gotta. You gotta jump right on it and, and go. Um, and you've gotten this far. You you want to make sure that you you finish strong here. So that's what we've been doing. Yeah, you know, I didn't notice that Todd was coaching running backs for you, coach. Yeah, no, he's done a great job. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, he's done a great job. He uh, um, he he jumped right in and and uh, you know the uh, he's got he's got a good room and and he's a good teacher. I wanted that first touchdown y'all scored yesterday with Mahomes throwing back shoulder like that to Travis Kelsey. You've been involved in football your whole life. Brian and I were talking about this. If you had Ronnie Lott or if you had Mike Singletary, whoever you had out there, I don't believe anybody on the planet could have stopped that pass. They can't. No, that's a, that's a tough one. Especially that ball was down low outside and, (laughs) 
one guy was going to get it. <laughs> you yeah. know, so there's nothing, uh, you know, that that defender there, that kid is a heck of a player. He's a kid out of Notre Dame. He's been playing the league a couple of years, and he uh, he's special. Six four and a half playing yeah. safety. Yeah. You know, and nickel. He he's a really good player. Smart kid. So, but yeah, there was not much he could do with that. So you've been doing this thing for a long time, man. You're still excited about everything. I'm. I am excited. I mean, <laughs> we're you know we're going to the big dance here and. Uh, if you can't be excited about that, you probably need to get out. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quickly. It's pretty pretty good deal. So we're we're going into game twenty one, I think it is, and that's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of lot of football, but um, very exciting football. Now, obviously, they're a division opponent for you, um, and you play in Vegas every year now. Um, but is it? Like if somebody had told Andy Reid when he when you went to that first Super Bowl with the Eagles that later on in your career you'd be playing a Super Bowl in Las, in Las Vegas, Vegas. <laughs> would that? I mean, is it crazy how much this has all changed? Well, yeah, it is. I, I guess when yeah when you're in it, you don't think you don't think much of it. I, I always feel bad for the people from Oakland. I'm from California, so. Uh, they, they were such great fans, and, and I think they just hop on those flights. You, know, you can get them for 99 bucks or whatever it is, hop on those flights and head over to, to Vegas because uh, it's, a, it's a rowdy crowd when we play there. Um, Antonio Pierce, I'm, I'm so happy for the Raiders themselves. Just uh, uh, Antonio Pierce is, is a kid I tried hiring here. I, we had to, Brian knows it. We had to compete against him all the time. Um, and when he was with the Giants and, and – uh, and so uh, they're in good hands, and then their their facilities down there are are beautiful. So mm-hmm. we're we're lucky to uh, be having this thing there, and I think it's great for the NFL. It's uh, uh, the NFL is different now yeah. with the, with all the gambling stuff that, that I now don't really follow that that much, but I know sure. the, the the you know the the hub of it I'm sure is right there in Las Vegas, uh, and. And then, you know, there, it's just it's. A, I think it's a great venue. I know that stadium is is unbelievable, For unbelievable sure. place. Yeah. Um, Coach, I, I don't know that you would have this would have gotten onto your your radar, but l- last week, being in D.C., not that far from Baltimore, and kind of across the country, there was a lot of excitement about the Ravens finally being this team that that can knock the Chiefs off. And and I just want you to know that that your former third down back kick returner Brian Mitchell continued to say, don't count out Andy and Pat. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I appreciate it. Nobody did it better than that guy right there sitting next to you, man. He could, uh, he could play quarterback. He could play defensive back, running back, wide receiver. You name it. He could do it. He was a great, the greatest returner. He's, he's being the hall of fame. And, uh, you know, nothing. I felt like there's certain guys. I felt this way about Sterling Sharp too. These guys, there are only a few guys that you coach that you think could do everything, and Brian was one of them. Appreciate um, that, coach. Well, coach, I know how busy you are. I know we got to let you go, but I, I'd be remiss if I don't ask. I got to ask every time. I understand you need them for two more weeks, but when we get to March, is there something that we could figure out? You have traded quarterbacks to Washington before. We know Donovan and Alex. Is there any way Mahomes could come to Washington? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, he can come visit. But, you know. 
Fair enough. We will, we will happily show them the sights. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank All you, right. Coach. Appreciate you, man. Good Andy, luck. thank you so All much right. for the time. Safe. Good luck. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. What a great yeah, dude I and think a great Ted sport. Cruz as well. Thank Ted for getting Yeah, him thank on, you, man. Ted. Um, I, God, I, I just – with a guy like Andy Reid, I just want to talk football for hours and hours. Oh, he can talk all hours. What's it like to, to be coached by a dude like that? You know, it's like when I first got to um, Philly, I would just sit there, and he, when he's talking and he's doing stuff, I kept saying – you know, he and Coach Gibbs are two different sized men. Sure. And I'm yeah. like, this dude, <laughs> this dude reminds me of somebody. Then one day it just hit me. He's just like Joe, where he knew how to get everything out of individual players. He was a master at adjustments, you know, and he was fair. And I told him, I said, Coach, I said, man, you know what? I say, I, I've been watching you. You remind me of Joe Gibbs. And he didn't want that. You know what I mean? He's like, no, nah, man, Coach, great. No, no, no. You're just like him. And now you look at this is what, 20-something years later? And he's starting to hit those same type of numbers that Joe had. Yeah. You know, and I think it's just – when you find someone that's dedicated to their craft and will give you a fair shot, you'll do anything for them. So. Totally. I, I mean, how you land an Andy Reid, how you land a Joe Gibbs, when you find somebody that is the mastermind of the schematic, of the strategy, oh, yeah. with the ability to pull the most out of people, that's when you get a that's Hall hard. of Famer. <laughs> that's hard to beat. All right, we're going to play the Schefter audio when we return on B. Mitchell Finley. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Last year at the Super Bowl, Rob Gronkowski went wide left and on FanDuel's Kick of Destiny. Now he's back to kick for a Kick of Destiny 2, and this time you can play along. All you have to do is choose if Gronk will make or miss the field goal. Get your free pick in right now, because if you're right, you will win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. Everyone get in on the action with Gronk, when Gronk takes his shot at redemption before Super Bowl 58. Whether you're on Team Make or Team Miss, just head to the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get your pick in, and it's absolutely free. Then tune in before the game to see if Gronk's kick and see him kick it live. You'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets if you're right. New to FanDuel, just visit fanduel.com slash Brian to kick to uh, sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1067 the fan. You have to be 21 years old or present in Virginia. No purchase necessary. $10 million prize pool to be split equally among all eligible participants who made the correct pick. Prize issued as a number drawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Awesome, awesome, awesome interview with Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. I love listening to you guys talk. It's just such an authentic, sincere relationship. Um. Thank you for making that happen. And Andy's always such a class act. He gets it done every, every year, twice a year, whatever it is. I mean, it's like a tradition. They go to the Super Bowl and we talk to them. It really is, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. Um, now, the conversation that yes, is – those guys you talked to yesterday in Baltimore didn't like that fact today, but right. hey, <laughs> it's all good. Right. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> there's a lot going on with the commander's head coaching – Search, right? Period. Mm -hmm. We're aware that they're interviewing a number of people. Um, Peter King in his column this morning said there's a belief that it's done with Ben Johnson to Washington. Um, Adam Schefter, though, is a incredibly powerful resourced reporter. The top of the top in the NFL. 
Um, Adam Schefter was on Pat McAfee's show earlier today talking about the commander's head coaching search. Ben Johnson, the commanders is the news that you just got. That's clearly a done deal. <laughs> but um, looking at the, you know, both those teams as a whole, how many guys you just mentioned, you know, McDonald and another one from the Ravens, how many guys are going to get poached from the Ravens staff and the Lions staff that maybe we don't even know about too? Like I know New England brought in the Lions pass game coordinator to interview for the offensive coordinator job. Are there going to be a lot of those as well or – are we possibly just going to see some of those big names leave and the rest of you know the kind of coaching staff stay together? Yeah. Well, well, first and foremost, I, I'm not convinced yet that Ben Johnson's getting the commander's job. I know oh. people have said that he's the presumptive favorite, and he may get the job. Like he, he very well may. He's in contention, but that is not a slam dunk at all right now. Mm-hmm. And 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 they are definitely looking at other people as well. And again, they may come back to Ben Johnson, but. I think that they're pretty impressed with Mike McDonald and Aaron Glenn and Anthony Weaver as well. And I think those guys are going to have a legitimate chance to get that job. Um, And then Ben Johnson's also in play in Seattle. So you have to see, okay, well, if he doesn't get Washington, is he then in Seattle? Or does Seattle pull an upset? Again, people people have said here that they think Ben Johnson's going to Washington and Dan Quinn is going to Seattle. Yes. And I will bet you, I will bet you that at a minimum, one of those is not right. Hmm. At a minimum. Maybe maybe both. Mm. Feisty Schefter. All right, which one is not right then, JP? (laughs) I think if Dan Quinn to Seattle was going to happen, there's been nothing to stop it for two weeks. Yeah. Right? Now, maybe... You got to be, there are like perfunctory measures that have to happen per NFL policy. But if, if Seattle wanted Dan Quinn, I, I kind of think that would have been done already. And I think Adam is kind of using both opportunities as a way to maybe just dispel the Seattle thing without kind of dunking on that and take mm-hmm. it. Because when Schefter talks, people take it as like, Oh, well, nobody wants Dan Quinn if he it's just facts. comes out and says it, right? It's facts. Um, now, obviously, we know. I think we can all assume that Schefter is talking to Harris and probably Peters. This is Adam Schefter. You, people return his calls. Mm-hmm. I don't think this organization wants anybody to believe that. They've already have a deal done. That they're. Getting a fake interview. Yeah. You know? And I think if I truly think if somebody asked Harris or Peters, hey, is this thing a done deal? Now we got to do the interviews. These, uh, you know, everybody's got a real chance with these interviews. Oh, yeah. And I think you could say that honestly. And that's also real. I mean, maybe <laughs> something does change. I know I texted with somebody earlier today and they said, Something drastic would have to happen, and I haven't heard anything yet. So that's kind of where my mind is, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Right? With that. Um, Landville, what'd you hear? Schefter talking like that is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, he he, he threw cold water on it. That's And that's what he did. Maybe is, uh, Maybe what he's trying to do. He clearly knows something. Sure. Jeffrey? 
It's like when Schefter say something like that, it's, you don't know what to think because, you know, a lot of us Commanders fans have, like, all our eggs in one basket sold on one guy when to the organization, even though we may be sold on a the guy, they hey, may not be. J- Josh might like someone else, you know. I don't know, bro. I'm lost. So I'm. I'm I'd like I gotta, you to join this party over here with me. Yeah, I was that about to say. Party. I was about to say. I'm. I'm. I'm back on the last week. I was on the the Ben train. But it's like I'm on the wait and see train now. Fair. Mm-mm. I I still think it is Ben, especially if you listen to that again. They they say, he says again they very well can be Ben. They might come all the way back to him. Um, I mean, maybe we wake up tomorrow and. Ben Johnson's coach of the Seahawks. Crazy things happen in this league. It does. Bill Belichick took the Jets' job, had a press conference, and then got traded to the Patriots about an hour later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing's done until it's done. As they say, ish happened. Except this show. The show is done. Thank you to everybody that listened to the program today. Thank you to Joe Theismann for joining us. Thank you to Chick Hernandez for joining us. Thank you to Barry Sferluga for joining us. And a sincere, heartfelt thank you to Andy Reid for making some time for the program today. Thank you to everybody that called. We'll be back at it. Manana, Grant and Danny coming your way. Oh, we never made bets. We don't have any time. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll put them in the text thread. Grant and Danny coming up next. You made it this far. I owe you a bet. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.